everyone, and welcome to Comics from the Multiverse, the DC Comics podcast from Mailfuzz TV. I am Peter, and joining me as always is Matt. Hey, what's up? And we're matching colours again this week, Matt. I know, it, it, it pains me, but this was a new shirt I got last week. So. Yeah, I mean, it, bla- yeah. black's not that weird to, to match. A lot of no. people wear black a lot of the time. But yeah. I actively almost wore my red shirt and went, no, just in case Matt's wearing his red shirt again. I don't want to do that two weeks in yeah. a row. No, no, no. Uh, that said, about 85% of my wardrobe is black shirts and khaki shorts. So um, that's just that's just my go-to look. Yeah, and I don't even know what Connor's doing with his dress sense, but Connor's here. It's it's a Star Wars shirt. It's, it's Boba no, Fett it's... colors. Yeah, it looks like a nice, you know, worse. military green. Yeah, it's like a, an, an olive green, I'd say. Yeah. Screw Boba Fett, your movie's cancelled. <laughs> no, 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 no. Okay, it's still a cool You show. know what, that, that said, and I know we, we don't talk Star Wars that often, but I, I'm okay Good. with the ramp down of Star Wars <laughs> because, you know. Joking aside, I, as am I, Matt, as am I. I just, like, I love cookies, right? But I don't want to sit there and eat 20 cookies in one sitting. Like... I have, and it's made me sick, so... Yes, you've you learned know, your lesson, yes. Exactly, so, like, I'm okay with a Star Wars movie every couple of years. I don't need one every single year. Hmm. I still think they're going to get one every year. There just won't be standalone spin-off things, but that's a whole I, I, conversation. I'm, I'm okay with one a year. I even I don't want more than that, though. Yeah. yeah. One a year is nice. But I, I felt like we were getting to the point where we might have one or two a year, you know, just based off of, like, like the Marvel strategy. Hmm. Uh, but I just... One one every Christmas. I think that's that'll yeah, be nice. Exactly. So mm. So yeah, so as a DC Comics podcast, we talk about DC Comics. Uh, coming up on this week's show, we will be talking about Man of Steel number four, Justice League number two, Batman forty nine, Batman Prelude to the Wedding, Red Hood versus Anarchy number one. Those titles are still far too long. Uh, Green Lanterns forty nine, Aquaman thirty seven, Batwoman sixteen, Brave and the Bold, Batman and Wonder Woman number five, and because of Patreon making me and Connor read different books at the higher tiers, Connor will be talking about the Curse of Brimstone number two, and I will be talking about Hawk and Dove number one from the start of the new 52 so that's coming up on this week's show yeah. Matt, great. I, I can see you rubbing your hands together you, yeah. you're over there being too excited about this yeah Yeah. Uh, so yeah you can look, look forward to that no, notice how we picked this week but there, there was less books this week so both of us went oh well do, do, do the, the yeah. what, what would we call it well, admittedly but, I've, I've got one next week as well yeah you've so. got two to do but still yeah uh, so hey, that is uh, that's what's coming up on this week's show. We do have some news though. We have some news to, to discuss. So unless it's happened earlier this week, uh, we also have sales figures to talk about. I forgot to get that up in advance. I'll get that in a minute. Whilst we're talking about other stuff. Uh, so first up, just some stuff from the solicits. Some interesting things. Um, a couple of books are actually going double shipping. One of which is going back to double shipping after previously not being, or previously being double shipping. It went to single for what turned out to be like four months, and is now going back to double shipping. That is Nightwing. Nightwing starting in September will be back to two issues per month. Um, also starting double shipping in September is Titans. Uh, so we're going to, you know, add next to Titans direction. That's going double shipping come, come September. So that's came out of nowhere. It's just in the solicits. It just said now double shipping. So okay, fine. Uh, yeah. I don't really have any comments on the books themselves. It's like, okay, whatever. But to me, this is interesting because it felt like there was a time where it was like, oh, maybe we're going to start winding down what's double shipping. And instead, it just kind of seems like, no, it's just going to be more variable. Like, you know, some books will be double shipping, some won't be, and it'll just be case by case. Ma- as to it might be a case of scheduling, like, this will be double shipping for, for six months, and then, okay, yeah, well, you know, it's, we're getting a bit bit behind, so we'll slow down for a few. It could be. Right, whatever they can keep up with, as long as the creative teams are fine. 
Pretty much. Got ahead of it. It's, it's okay. Yeah. I mean, I'd be okay because I actually. I because the the first batch of solicits that went out didn't have the actual confirmation they were double shipping. It just said there was two issues this month, and I was wondering if DC were starting to be a bit more flexible because DC are a lot bit rigid with this stuff, where it's like no, it has to be one or the other. It can't be mm-hmm. like this, you know, back and forth. And I was wondering, oh, maybe they're getting more flexible, kind of like how Marvel do with some books, where it'll be one in one month, two in the next month, one in the month. Yeah, after they, that. they actively say no, no, it's going to be eighteen times a year. Yeah. Um, and I thought maybe DC will be experimenting with that. Not not the case, but I mean, I wouldn't mind if they did because that, that's. Because uh, it's, it's it'd be a nice thing to get like an issue every three weeks. Say that, that'd be like a nice, you know, looks a bit yeah. shorter, but it's not not double mm-hmm. shipping quite. So I don't know. Anyway, uh, so that's happening. Uh, also, Cyborg has been recancelled. Um, <laughs> yeah, and a couple of its insult, a couple of its issues have been cancelled as well that were solicited. Yeah, the last two I think that were were scheduled to come up. Yeah, J- July and August. Yeah, uh, Cy- Cyborg solo don't sell that well. Uh, what a surprise. Not, not really shocking to any of us, but hey. Uh, so that's the thing. Uh, worth mentioning, so after the arc we've got with Brian Hill that starts next week in Detective, which is clearly leading to an Outsiders book, We ha- now I actually said a while ago, I don't think the, the next proper run is going to start until either 1000 or 1001, because I think they want a neat, you know, I don't think anyone wants to be like in their second arc when issue 1000 rolls around. So... Um, they're going to have some guest arcs, and the first guest arc in issue 988 is written by James Robinson, <laughs> and they're going to have art by Steven Segovia. Um, I, I know Matt looks concerned there. I'm not actually that worried. James Robinson's not a bad writer per se, and this is just a Batman story. It, it'll be fine, yeah, probably. Yeah, I, I hear that name and it makes me cringe. Not not like a... Uh, I just... It's, well, like when, when you... it, it's only a yeah. recent feeling though, isn't it? Like It's only yeah. since Wonder Woman, a year ago. Yeah. Yeah. You wouldn't have had that feeling at all. You'd have been going, I mean, oh, yeah, cool. Yeah, but also Cry for Justice. That that got pretty wonky. Yeah. Too. But, I mean, he has it in him. He came to Wonder Woman. It was like, here, your job in Wonder Woman is to do the Jason stuff. You do the brother story. So, at least with this, it's you know, it's a, it's a murder mystery. Uh, it leads to some of Batman's strangest villains. You know, it sounds like it'll be a typical, yeah. fine, fun Batman story, but nothing notable. Yeah. And that's okay. That's fine. Yeah, yeah that's exactly okay. Yeah, so that's, uh, you know, I didn't actually see how many issues it was, but I, I imagine five or six, something like that, um, which will give us another arc or two before we get to 1000 in March. So Detective's in a bit of a holding pattern for a little while, and we'll, we'll, we'll see uh, what, what they It'll be what, two, two six-issue arcs, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Cause, so that's uh, six months, because the yeah. double ships. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But in, including this one, it'll be yeah. so there'll be one arc after this. Yeah, assuming it's an all six issue arc. I mean, it yeah. could be. Oh yeah, I, I would assume so for a guest arc. They just want to make it nice and neat for a trade and yeah. hit the numbers. I, I, I'm just wondering though, because it could also equally be like a collection of like a one shots and two shots. Like you know, like they've got those they fillings could. ready to, to just throw in there. They, they could. I feel like you know we just saw that with Nightwing, for example. But when you're only mm. filling two months, I think it's easier to do that. Whereas if you got Okay, we got three months to fill. Yeah, just do a six-issue story. I wonder if that last issue, Detective, that was the fill-in, will be held for the trade after the Outsiders one and go with this stuff. Probably, instead. yeah. I could see that happening. Um, not really matters, but it, it just it feels so unrelated to any of that stuff that's coming up. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's Detective. Um, also in Solicits was the first... We talked about the the release dates for the, the first few of the uh, the Black Label stuff, but we actually have the full first solicit for Batman Damned issue one. This is the Brian Azzarello, Lee Berherma one. Uh, I thought this was worth bringing up uh, because we now know the... It's a 48-page book, so it's, you know, it's every other month and it's a, it's a double-sized issue. Uh, it is a $7 double-sized issue, 
which is slightly Jeez. more usual. But it's because it's got bigger pages. Uh, it's yeah, eight point five by ten point eight seven five. So uh, you're getting a big prestigious uh, book. And the best news of this though, it's out on week three, which is like really really quiet otherwise. So this gives us something meaty to talk about mm-hmm. on week three. So that's actually really nice scheduling on their part. DC finally giving yeah. week three some love. Uh, yeah. So that is good. Um, so that was the stuff from sources I wanted to bring up. I don't know if you guys wanted to point anything else out that you that you caught. Um, no, I don't look at the solicits like you guys do. I get my news via you guys. So. I'm just trying to think. Uh, you know, I had a look through them the, a few days ago. I'll, I'll be honest, Matt. My, my, my question there is mostly, mostly for Connor, because if I don't give him the opportunity, he'll complain later that I didn't bring something up. So I no, just, that's I, I fine. I just, you said you guys, and I wanted to yeah. let everyone else know. You know. I'm just having a, a, just a quick skim through the, the, the list. Oh, I thought it was interesting that um, issue 8 of Justice League is another Legion of Doom issue quite quickly after the first one. You know, it's not full arcs in between them. Well, no, but but he said that every three would be a Legion of Doom. So if you do one at five and then... I thought the original seven, plan was every five. I don't think so. I think okay. it's every, yeah. He had said, like, it, there's going to be a rhythm to him. It doesn't really saying. matter. It is worth noting that one of those Just League issues, presumably that one is written by Tinian. It is, mm-hmm. yeah. He's doing yeah. all the, the Legion of Doom issues. And it's yeah. also Janin on art for that one. Ooh. Yeah, so, you know, something to, so, to be excited about team. with that. Yeah, that's interesting. Definitely. Uh, yeah, no, it's, it's funny, actually, because I saw Newsarama, because they always do, and I use these when I'm correlating my news just to look, look at the bullet points, is they do all 10 things we learned in the, the DC solicits, yeah. right? Yeah. And it got to, like, them mentioned Tinian, and they sounded surprised, like, oh, what does this mean, with Scott Snyder being off to, and I'm like, no, like, they said he was going to do the Legion of Doom issues. This is not weird. This is as yeah, planned. I mean, the, <laughs> the only potentially weird bit is it's not co-written sure it's yeah. just tinian you know usually this would have snyder right there in a, a plotting capacity but i mean uh, but yeah tinian's come into his own though so. yeah he's, he's capable of just doing plus i mean they work together no justice they've been buddies and co-writers for a long time i'm well, yeah, a student just, yeah you know yeah so yeah i'm not, I'm not concerned with uh, <laughs> any of, any well, of that either. uh the other news we got this week um, was the this this Walmart exclusive business we have to we have to talk about? Uh, so I am a fan of a lot of this actually. You know, DC putting comics in other places to try and attract new readers is a good idea. They're going to put in a hundred page giants mm-hmm. into Walmart exclusively um, for a month. Uh, there's a Superman one, a Teen Titans one, a Batman one, and a Justice League one. If I've, I've actually got the web page up because there was so much information that I didn't want to um, copy out like an entire essay into my into my document here uh so but the 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 part that's kind of frustrating though for i think for comic readers if you're you know for for dc fans especially if you're a digital or you do not have any walmarts you can go to to get one of these things is that there's actually going to be some original stories mixed in with these it's mostly reprints you know the first one um superman giant number one for example has the terrific issue one in it green lantern issue one and that's the the, you know from jeff johns's first running green lantern you know oh man that's 2005 uh, Superman and Batman issue one, the Jeff Loeb issue, right? So that's that's like three. Mm-hmm. That's the bulk of that first hundred page giant Superman one is those three issues, and then there's some room for the you know the first part of the original story. Uh, but notably in here, there's a few different things. The notable ones is like Bendis's first Batman story. There's like twelve parts. Uh, King's Superman story. There's there's some notable names in there, do, doing various things. Uh, mm-hmm. So as someone who reads digitally, and as someone who just can't go to a Walmart. I would hope that the original stories are not exclusive to these things and will still be up digitally or in some capacity. Yeah. And this is where Connor was teasing me that he had a tweet to 
talk about with us. Well, I was just uh, a, a Jimmy Palmiotti, who is you know working yeah. on them in general, has tweeted out some information. He says he, he's writing the leading story to each book for issue one and two in the Superman and Batman books. Mm-hmm. Uh, then in September, uh, him and Amanda Connor will be writing a Wonder Woman story for issue three in the JLA title. Um, he does go on to say a bit more about uh, you know, how uh, what his Batman story is, but he talks about um, the paper quality and binding. Is, is, you know, he says, "I'll oh, wait till you see the paper quality and binding. It's going to find a lot of new readers," which I think is hitting back at a certain site, which. Uh, insinuated this week <laughs> that the paper stock and uh, of, of DC that use might be dropping to the Marvel quality okay. and stop being stop using glossy pages was the more interesting yeah. part because that would change the colors so yeah uh, it's worth mentioning these are five dollar books uh, for 100 pages yeah. which is you know it's I mean if, if you wait That's up a like, deal it's a hundred pages you know most of it's like yeah. reprint of all material so you know it's kind of you know it works it, out. It kind of averages out till like, that makes sense. It the does, price. Yeah. We we did get a little bit more on on the amount that's exclusive though. Uh, the the new material. Um, oh, it was on. some some comic book stores were you know a little concerned. Mm-hmm. And um, he he basically said uh, uh, the the stories will be collected for retailers to have them. Um, since it's only it's only twelve pages of new material in each of the hundred pages. Okay, interesting. Um, and then they said they're likening it to the fact that they allow s- small stores to have you know exclusive covers, and they're saying, well, this is you know Walmart. They're they're essentially having three hundred three thousand stores, so they're getting twelve new pages of content that retailers can sell collected later in the year. Collected. Fine by me. Yeah. Um, my only problem with this is someone who likes to keep up with comics as they're happening, and we talk about them every week. Is if we can only read them collected later, then if it's in continuity stuff, I'll feel a little bit miffed that I can't just access it. I, I the idea that they're aiming it at new readers tells me like even if it's new stuff, mm. I don't think it's going to leave a massive imprint like on what's yeah, going I don't on. Think it's going to have any impact. Yeah, yeah. That's just fair. Be little side story. I, I did see the uh, with uh, Bendis on on Batman is Nick Derrington on art mm. and yeah. look out an image and it's just gorgeous. Yeah, so uh, this is probably something then that we, if we'll cover, it'll be probably on the monthly Patreon show uh, when they come yeah. in collected, uh, rather than on the main show. Uh, but that's just how they're releasing it. If you don't like that, blame DC Comics <laughs> for, for putting them out this yeah. way. Yeah, I've seen a lot of people kind of losing their minds over this, and I'm just like, all right, it, it's just like the digital first. I remember when that came out. Yeah. People were all upset. Like, well, you get them collected in physical you know, that, I mean, yeah, both ways later. they do single issues. They you know, the yeah. and then they do the trades. I think the difference. Well. Is, well, I mean, the two differences are is one those feel so separate and out of context because they look their own little pocket universes and, yeah. and so on. And the other thing is none of those digital firsts have been Bendis on Batman and Tom King on Superman. No, but I so. mean, that's still though. Like, always let let's see how it plays out first, and then get upset about it. Let's not get upset before you know. And that's coming uh, from me. I was, I. I, I the exclusivity annoys me. I, I don't like exclusive content being gated yeah. off from me. I mean, that's basically my my yeah. issue with this. I like the fact that they're reaching out to new readers. I like the fact that DC are doing so much with bookstores, with the Zoom and Ink stuff, trying to attract new readers yeah. there, putting comics in here. I know GameStop is apparently going to start carrying comics, or they already have. So I'm glad. I, I think they usually have like trades and stuff already. No, but they're going to start Depending carrying the... singles. Oh, singles. Okay. Yeah. Because um, I've heard, I've been hearing com- uh, other comics places talking about that and oh. how. I mean, they won't carry like every title. Like, it's the sort of thing where 
they, they say it was during Metal. They'd carry the main Metal series, but they probably wouldn't have the tie-ins, right? So, right. No, that's true. It's, it's, uh, uh, I've been to some smaller uh, game shops, not like a, a GameStop, but you know, smaller yeah. independent ones that do have single issues that so they are ordering those. Yeah, so I, I don't know if that means you'll be able to have a pull list at a GameStop and they will like order more in for you, or at the very least, if it attracts people to say, oh, I want more of these books, okay, I'll go to yeah. a comic shop and you know, that's get more That's real stuff. smart, because... My first comic I ever bought was from a grocery store in the magazine Ooh. stand, you know, when I was like eight. So, you know, and more comics everywhere is kind of good. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, no, that, that, that part I have no issue with. I just don't like content yeah. being gated yeah, from me. Yeah, and I, I think that it's, it's 12 pages every month. I mean, that, that gives you yeah, three issues before you get a full story, like even if it's a single issue. So, well, just two. But, I mean... Yeah, I feel like these would have been a forty-page book normally. You know, like if it came up in a on a one shot. I don't know. I, I know that the the, the Palmiotti Batman leading that he's talking about um, yeah. is going to be a two-issue thing. Yeah. Um, you know, so that's a that's essentially just a one shot, right? The yeah, but the, the the twelve part stuff that's twelve issues each. That's essentially a six-issue mini. Yeah. Yeah. A regular yeah. size. So. Um, but anyway, I just, just quickly, I'll tell you what's in the other ones. Uh, Teen, Titan, Titan, Teen Titans Giant, which comes out the same day. The idea is, is that the Superman and Teen Titans ones will come out in the first week of the month, and then the other two will come out in the third week of the month. So so the idea is that they're there for a few weeks, sort of, yeah. sort of with the spotlight, if you will. Uh, so Teen Titans Giant comes out the same day as the Superman one. It has Super Sun's issue number one in it. It has Sideways issue number one, and it has Teen Titans number one, which is Jeff Johns' Teen Titans from 2003. So... You can kind of see like a mix of stuff. Here's a here's a, a new age book that you might tempt you. Here's yeah. a old classic two thousands series that might tempt we've, you. We we've said sideways feels like he belongs on the Teen Titans, mm-hmm. so it's good that they're throwing him in there because it's the same kind of tone, uh, especially with that John's Teen Titans run. Like they're very similar. Yeah, uh, Batman Giant number one has Batman six oh eight. That's the first to hush. Uh, for, for those of you who don't remember the, wow. the numbers. There. And, Interesting. Yeah, uh, I assume these are going to follow on and continue those stories over. Oh the, yeah, the next know. issue would presumably be the next issue yeah. of that arc. Yes, no, yeah. obviously. Uh, yeah. uh, so Batman six hundred eight, Nightwing issue one, that's the new fifty two issue one, um, and then Harley Quinn issue one, also new fifty two. So, hmm. so that Batman one's about weaker. I just, <laughs> new 52 I just imagine now that. this is going to lead to a whole generation of people that were like their first Batman story was Hush. Oh because sure, it's yeah. In that, in that arc, or it's, John's I've, Green Lantern. I've often said Hush is the perfect first Batman story. Yeah, it's because it has so many of the villains in it, so it's a, it's a nice it's, kind it's of greatest a, hits. Greatest hits almost. Yeah. Exactly. It's not the best story by any means, but it's yeah. yeah. It's yeah, one of the best everything. first stories, though. It's like the first. Some. Well, like the first time I remember hearing Queen was when my dad bought their greatest hits in the early '90s because they made a big deal about yeah. it coming to CD. You know, Queen is such a big band with so much, so much stuff that they've got three volumes of greatest hits. Yeah, and this was the first one. And I just remember him going to the store and getting it, and it was I was like, "Oh, this is a song from the Mighty Ducks movies." Okay, <laughs> I, we are the know. champions for those of you not exactly. playing at home. Uh, and then the last one, Justice League, Justice League Giant number one has Justice League number one from New Fifty Two, the Flash number one from the New Fifty Two, and Aquaman number one from the New Fifty Two. So that's a very New Fifty Two focused. Uh, League, I, I think a lot of them make sense to be the, the new 52 though because they're really they're all fully collected runs they're easy to get hold of at any yep. comic store or bookstore still because they're recent enough you don't have to go to any uh, you know of the older ones that aren't finished being reprinted I, in their entirety yet that said though like 
the the super early ones. I don't think like the John's Green Lantern stuff's ever been out of print. Yeah, you know. No, but it's uh, what I mean is it's a little more complicated for a, a just a, you know assuming this is the first comic that someone's ever picked up and they go right. I want the rest of this story. Mm-hmm. That's a little bit more complex for them to go and track down the correct trades oh. in the correct order. What? How, how, is it, how is it more complicated to track down yeah. more volumes of that one than it is to do more volumes of the New 52 run? Oh, because the New 52 ones, they're all really neat, aren't they? And they're just, you know, they're, they're all labelled exactly like this is this, just volume one, two, three. Okay, I'll accept, I'll, I'll, I'll accept that with yeah. Green Lantern, but Johnsy's Flash, which is the last volume just yeah. about to come out, has got a neat trade dress. It's five volumes and it's easy no, as... No, 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 I, I agree with that one in particular, the Johnsy's Flash, but a lot of those older ones, they're not finished collecting those runs yet. So that, you know... Um, yeah, sure, that one's coming to the end now, but his Teen Titans one's only just had the second volume released. Yeah. Sure, sure. Even then, that's 12 issues per. You're talking about the big, thick books. Yeah. I'm talking even about the trades. My shop still has, like, it's never been out of print for them to be able to get John's Green Lantern stuff. You know, so let's say this does lead a new reader into a comic shop. Most of them, like, yeah, you have to put in a special order for it, but... They're going to be able to get it. Like, They're on Amazon. You can get them on Amazon. You can get they them can. on Comixology. Yeah. Like I said, you, you have to do a little extra step of research as to, okay, what order are these trades in with the, with those ones? Well, they weren't, I will say nice. DC is making it a lot easier than um, Marvel did with their Winter Soldier stuff because I've kept trying to finish that run and trying to find what comes next in the story because they're all labeled Volume 1, Volume 2 uh-huh. as part of these stories. Yeah. I don't know what comes next. It's yeah. like the one. Yeah. The one I've actively changed there is the Flash from New Fifty Two. I don't think that's the one yeah. you start someone on Flash. No, I, that, that's like a that's a weird Elseworlds Flash almost to me. The New Fifty Two. I almost wish they would have put the Barry Allen like rebirth like post when he came back in final. That uh, first. Arc. Yeah, you could do that. I, I, I mean, I, I think the the aim with that New Fifty Two one is not so much as to you know we we can question the quality and we can question the direction. I think the point is, anyone can just pick it up and read it without having ever read anything from the Flash before. And I think that's what they're going for. There is just I mean, it, yeah, it's sure, but I mean, it's, you can do it's that weird because I've, I've always read Flash, so I don't know how. I mean, I, I talked about a little bit earlier. Like if, my first comic, it was a Mark Wade Flash issue, uh, so I've never not read Flash. So it's weird to come at it like. Someone that's not familiar with him at all. Yeah, New, New, 50, no, New 52 Flash to me, it's very pretty, but I, I don't think it's that memorable in terms of the story. No, I don't know. It's kind well, of like, um, New 52 Flash is very like New 52 Batgirl to me. It's fine, it reads okay, yeah. it's not bad, but it's not, it's not, it doesn't set my world on fire. Yeah. Uh, no, I, like I said, I agree with all of this. I still think it's good to give to someone, you know, as, as a first Flash comic, though, because... It See, I don't, because then they have this weird idea of what the Flash is and what his villains are like. You can you, you learn later as you get into it. It's fine. No, I would never I would never hand them New 52 Flash as the first Flash book. Never. Oh, fair enough. Uh, my first John's issue ever was him fighting Brother Grimm uh, alongside mm. Hawkman. I had zero idea what was going on. But I came back for the Pied Piper issue, so... Ah, you got it into was... though. You, you had a spark of curiosity oh, and interest, and it yeah. just pulled well, you back in. When I, when I send Dad to the comic store to get me stuff for a trip, for a school trip, he just like, here's some Flash. I know you like that guy. <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> so don't you just hate you know, when you were a kid and your parents don't understand i mean I, I wasn't getting bought comics as a kid i didn't get into comics till I was my teens but when you were a kid and your parents wouldn't care about the order of anything or the yeah. fact that you had to you know you'd have to watch this movie before that one they just buy you whatever because oh that looks like something they'd like they wouldn't care it's, it's a lot like in arrested development where lucille gives buster money and says go see a star war <laughs> i felt like that was my dad's like oh here go read an x-man yeah you know yeah. Yeah, and it was a few because even as a kid, I hated doing things out of order. I hated only having parts of things. Uh, of course, so, you did. So the best part of being an adult is being able to actually well, ensure that is always it, the case. It's funny. I was just happy to have something in front of me to read. I think about it now as an adult, going, "Oh no, how did I do this?" Yeah. But as a kid, you're more malleable. At least I was, and I was just like, "No, it's okay." Um, I did read Bone. Uh, who's that? Jeff Smith. Mm. His. They had reprinted them in this Disney magazine called Disney Adventures. And so every week, I think, that came out, or every month, they would have another, like, six pages. So I read a good chunk of Bone that way. I had no idea what was going on because I came into it late, but, but yeah. Yay. All right. Um, that's the wrong month. So the last thing we've got to talk about before we get to the books is the numbers, the sales figures for, for the month of May. Hey. So. So we got fun stuff here, although Marvel's a little bit dominant with this one, so that's not too happy. <laughs> Sorry, right. just... I mean, no, no, no more a Doomsday Clock that month, right? Yeah, no. There was an issue of Doomsday Clock. Yeah. Yeah? Yeah, lots. Yeah, but it's a lot of number ones. It's a lot of, you know... Is is, is that at the top spot, like Doomsday it. Clock? Doomsday Clock is not at number one. What would we think is number one? And we, we should just stop this podcast right now. There you go, Amazing uh, Spider-Man 800. Yeah, Exactly, and it would have to be. It, Spider-Man is just as important. Yeah, they, they had tons of variants. They promoted the shit out of it. They had 411,000 copies. Yeah. It's a $10 they book as well. They did have a, a lot of variants, yeah. I do remember. That. Yeah. That's, that's why I didn't get it, because I could spend $10 on Spider-Man or he get two DC books. Or four DC with, books, even. Or four, yeah. <laughs> Matt's math's a little bit... Well, no, I'm just oh, saying... Oh, no, wait, no, it's not four. What am I thinking? at the same time... As yeah, two, two and a half. You can get two and a half DC books. Yeah, or three. Well, because no, everything is not switched to four dollars yet, so you could get three no. depending on what you were buying. Yeah, yeah. But, anyway, but yeah, that's why I didn't. And then I remember one of my friends picked up Amazing Spider-Man over something, and he's like, "Yeah, it was fine, but I should have gotten the DC book." It's also worth mentioning a lot of comic shops do sets of like all the covers, not all the obviously the variant, the the, the, the store exclusive ones because yeah. you can't get all of them, but all the regular variants that every store can get, they'll do like a set of all like fifteen of those for whatever much that yeah. costs. Uh, maybe a lot. a lot, a little bit of a discount, and some people will buy them because they really care. They did it with Action Comics. Um, I, I, I remember hearing a lot about that. Yeah. So yeah, Mrs. Spider-Man was number one. What do you think was number two? Doomsday Clock was number Doomsday three. Doomsday Clock. Oh. Doomsday Clock um. was number three. Was it another two? Marvel book? It was another Marvel book. It was so it's Avengers. One. It's not Avengers. No, not Avengers. Venom. It's Venom. Ew. Venom beat Doomsday Clock. Now, people like yeah. that Venom book, so I, I, I get that. Good, that they, yeah, but it's also Venom. I just... <laughs> I know. There's a, there's a principle to the, the, the sting. No, no, no I, I think it's weird, because I thought it was an excellent issue. I am shocked that the stores went that in on it and ordered well, that it's... Bit. I put I put Venom in that as I do like Deadpool. People will just buy it because he's there. Well, I think you know, for, especially well, it was like a return. 
don't think Venom's anywhere near that. No, here's the thing, though. Here's a point of analysis that I think is very relevant to this, right? So Venom did 225,000, right? Doomsday Clock was number three with 146,000. Which I think, uh, for an issue five, that's great. For issue five, it only has a couple yeah. of covers. That's fantastic. Doomsday Clock's doing just fine. Number four was Avengers number one, right? With 131,000, right? And you're like, oh, yeah, big Avengers number one from Jason Aaron. That yeah. makes sense. But here's Ten the point. I, here's the point I want to make, though about this, is that Marvel does a lot with the number ones, lots of variants, they do a lot of incentives to make sure the number ones get big numbers, they like having big numbers for those you know, milestone books. Yeah. Avengers issue 2 came out the same month. Follow that, that is at number 13, with yeah. 66,000. So, I'm really expecting hot. the same drop with Venom next month. Like, I'm yeah. expecting Venom if, to if go down. More. If not more, yeah. Um, and I think that just shows, because 66,000 is about what Avengers was doing before, I think. Yeah. So, I mean, it makes sense. It's it's a number one. Uh, people want to jump on, and then maybe they're just like, "Oh, this isn't for me," and they fall off. Especially you're talking that's forty thousand. It's interesting because it's not people making that call at issue one. This is the store because obviously, yeah, they, they have to order the way the orders work. Yeah. The stores yeah. have to order this two two or three months in advance. So yeah, but like my shop, going, gets we a... want we want twice. Most stores have gone. We want twice as much of issue one as we do of two because they're expecting. That people aren't going to buy as many. And I wonder how much of that is variance, because if there's someone buying yeah. four covers, that's three, that's four times from that one person. So yeah, it is, and uh, you know, a lot of them, you know, you have to buy, you know, fifty copies to get one variant yeah. of. Yeah, you know, I think Marvel have stopped that though this past couple of months. Oh, have they? I don't, I don't know if it's I coming think... to effect yet, but the, the, for the stuff they've solicited for the next while, doesn't have. Yeah. That. I don't know. I think only DC only does that with milestones too, because like action. They just started like doing it. Uh, Justice League issue one had a Jim Lee like sketch variant yeah. without the color that was uh, yeah, yeah. was retail. You know, was there was like, the, the you know the order cut off. You had to get. They used to do yeah. it a lot three or four yeah. years ago. Yeah, they haven't been doing it for a while, but they just started doing it again for. Well, I do know uh, Thor. Uh, what was it? Thor seven hundred. Mm. It had the really nice looking Hella, and yeah. that was one in one hundred. I really want that cover, but I ain't forking out that kind of money. Well, that's it, because the, the 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 problem is 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 the stores have to order a hundred issues when let's say they only need seventy. Yeah. So then that's thirty issues of surplus that they're probably not going to shift. So they have to they have to charge the amount that covers that thirty yeah, issues. They have to charge thirty times the cover yeah. price for that one issue. Then theoretically. Yeah. 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 And and it's up there, and it looks nice, and I'm hoping. And uh, usually when they do sales, they do raffles for those books. You know. Hopefully, hmm. that's how I almost got a uh, a uh, forever evil that that one in one hundred. I was Bruce. Yeah, so so you have uh, number so number four is Avengers number one with one hundred thirty one thousand. Number five is Black Panther number one with one hundred twenty two thousand. Wow. So again, Marvel number one. I I expect that's, that to drop. Well, that's like, another one where I'm not a fan of this number one because it's the same writer. It's the same. Yeah. One. Yep. Just, no, uh, that's fair. Here we go. It's, new number so, one. Uh, then we get to some DC stuff, so I'll, I'll let you guess here. What's what's number six? Uh, Batman. There you go. What's number seven? Batman. Uh, yes. Man, uh, really? Two issues of yeah, Batman. Two, ba- two Batman issues. Uh, I know. Uh, Batman forty-seven was one hundred and one thousand. Batman number forty-six was a hundred thousand. So that's interesting. It went up a, a thousand for forty-seven. Uh, but hey, what are you going to do? So doing very well. Okay. Couple of hundred thousand issues. Uh, number eight was issue one of No Justice with eighty six thousand. Uh, for curiosity's sake, number issue two was sixty eight thousand at number twelve. Then issue three was sixty five thousand at number fourteen. No, and then number fifteen was number four with sixty four thousand. So th- there was a big drop off from one to two, but then two through Even four. That's were... not you know that's not that big a drop off. No. Really. 
Uh, yeah, but issues two to four were really cons- only have a couple of thousand within them. So that was yeah. Again, good. this is the stores ordering ahead. They order slightly more for issue one, like twenty yeah. percent more maybe, and then gone. Yeah, okay, we know roughly what we need for that. Yeah, dropped down twenty thousand, and then was pretty consistent after that. Uh, num number nine was Man of Steel number one with seventy eight thousand, and it's worth mentioning actually on both Man of Steel and No Justice, which I know some sites were calling these disappointing numbers. It's worth mentioning those had no variance. Yeah, no variance, and I feel like a lot of people are just like, well, I'll just wait for the trade. It's weekly. I know a lot of people are down. At least the people I talk to are down on weekly books. No, oh, I, I, I agree. A lot of people don't like them because they're just, you know, they can commit to a book a month or, or even yeah. double chip in a month, but yep. four, four times a month is just too much for that's, a lot I mean, that's probably a factor, but I genuinely think the lack of variance is the biggest reason for it because yeah. e- e- even if it puts it up by 50%, that puts Man of Steel number one over 100,000, like, yeah. which is where I'd have expected it, with, you know, given any of the other books that are doing that kind of no, thing. I, I, think the, I think it's a combination. I think the weekly yeah. does play into it. I think you'll see... Superman in action, you know, one and one thousand. Jump back up. Because, like, like I was saying with uh, those milestone issues, is some people buy both covers, which inflates how many issues are being sold. So, you know. Got to hit that collector market and gouge everyone. Apparently apparently so. Uh, uh, So, yeah. And then number 10, uh, our only non-Marvel DC book is Walking Dead 179 with 73,000. Uh, it's worth mentioning White Knight no, issue 8 was number 11 with 73,000 as well just just 100 issues under give or take um, so yeah so that, that was uh, that, that was the most. I want to mention Flash here because I, I, I think that's a slightly interesting because it's not a huge jump but issue 46 was number 22 with 52,000 and then issue 47 which is the start of Flash War uh, went mm-hmm. up to number twenty. Uh, that was that was fifty three thousand. So all up about a thousand. But I do think it's interesting that the start of Flash War gave yeah. it a slight because usually it goes down for the second issue in the month. Yeah. And this, you know, went up a little bit. Picked it up. So, yeah. you know, makes sense. Big, big, cool. big, big arc. Uh, and that outsold both issues of the Detective uh, for the month, which included the end of Tinian's run. Yeah, that's sad. That uh, makes sense to me. People don't jump on for a final issue or a run. Yeah. They which jump don't get me on wrong. for the start of the stories, which like a flash war. I mean, Textile did 50, 51,000 in issues. That's not doing badly at all. So don't yeah. feel too and bad for it. I remember Mark Silvestri was on a podcast years and years ago talking about comics in the 90s and how they were cancelling stuff that was selling 250,000. Like, that was a cancel-worthy number. And now that's like the top of these yeah. sales charts. Like yeah, how the times have changed. Oh no, I know. I'm just I'm hearing all these numbers and going like fifty thousand. That would have been like you're folding. You're done. Well, no, that's the thing. Fifty thousand. It it was. It's probably the same a number of people. It's just they were buying five copies each before. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's so, true. I don't know if that's a hundred percent accurate, but I think it's like seventy percent accurate. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, there's a lot of truth in that, even if it's not completely true. Um. Yeah. And just just out of curiosity, Cursor Brimstone number two, which Connor's talking about later, sold twenty thousand copies for a second issue. Twenty thousand too many. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's like Nineteen thousand nine hundred ninety nine. Too yeah. many. Uh, actually, um, slightly outsold Batgirl, but I'm assuming uh, Brimstone will drop even further. Yeah. Bloody well, hope so. <laughs> Sorry, Batgirl will get a bit of a boost with its new writer and new arc. I, so. I, I think Batgirl does well digitally. I feel I, I get the impression that's one of those books that does well yeah. in comicsology. Uh, yeah. So, and Sideways Watch, since me and Matt and both like it, did eighteen thousand three hundred copies. That was number one hundred and thirty on the charts. Mm. Oh, I don't, I don't feel super confident about that. But no, no uh, but again, 
You add him to the Teen Titans, and, and it's fine. Nah. It's his own book. I can see him pop up. I think Actually, what you want to do is watch and see if there's any reaction after the, the Walmart specials. Yeah, yeah. Once you get that issue in the hands, if yeah. there's a, you know, I, I, even if it's just like, oh, you know, he's, he, you know, some Twitter talk around the character, that yeah. will help. That would be interesting. I definitely feel like they have some faith in this character, but he's the only well, other terrifics too, and it's the only New Age of Heroes book in there. But I don't really. There's the two best I books. That's, I mean, yeah. Silence would have been the third one, but I think that's the two best books at New Age. Yeah, yeah. Terrific still doesn't even feel like a New Age. You know what I mean? I just was a good uh, DC book. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah, you know, Silence is getting that way as well. To be honest, though, with you know the inclusion of Deathstroke, Talia, hey. it does it does feel like it's fully. Uh, she's popping up in Nightwing uh, in September. Solicits. Yeah. Uh, if you notice that, if we, just... if we get just three characters out of that with uh, um, what's her name, Silencer. the Invisible One, Silencer. No, oh, the Invisible One, the, the one uh, from Terrific's. Yeah, oh, right, from Terrific. oh, Phantom she's Girl, character. Phantom Girl. Thank you. There you go. Um, you get Phantom Girl, you get. Uh, sideways and you get silencer out of this, I think that's a pretty good new character run. Hmm. Yeah, I can't fault. Uh, this is on, on Teen Titans, actually. Um, people were asking in the comments last week, because there was a bunch of previews at the end of the issues last week for yeah. the, the Teen Titans series. Did anyone glance at them? No. Them? no. Um, I mean, I noticed they are. Um, it wasn't set my world on fire. Mm-mm. But I mean, no, we'll, we'll give it. We'll, give it yeah, a we'll, be, we'll, we'll be talking about it properly next week, anyway. Yeah, so. I was just saying this week because yeah. all the Titans, uh, and I was, I was more excited because the roster for Titans, I think, is way more exciting. But I mean, that's just yes, that's just you know, preference. Uh, but hey, so just for the record, John Jones, but as a human, it's John Jones, right? Like, if he's using an alias, yes, but yes. John is not pronounced John, and never has been, no. and it never should no. be, and it's wrong if you do Stop. it. Stop. Yes. Soft J. Yes, this was so, a debate we had with no someone during the week. There's no, I mean, there is a soft G, but it's not. Her name's Megan. Or, you know, I'm not even trying. Megan. Yeah. So. yeah. I, I do think it is interesting how the, the, they, they change it. It's not, you know, John, like it is Megan. No. Right. Yeah, but look hey, at the English language. How, how many rules do we have that are 50 50? Yeah. I don't no, speak no. Martian. Huh? All right? Like, they have all sorts <laughs> of different. Uh, linguistic rules. I'm not... I wasn't there. I don't know. Alright, let's talk about books. Let's talk about actual comic books. Um, you know what? I'm going to change the order. It feels weird for Connor to not be involved in the first book, oh. so I'm going to flip around uh, oh. and put Justice League first. So Justice League issue 2 we're going to talk about first. Yeah. This is Scott Snyder. Although, you can argue too it's the more banner book. You can, yeah. It so, wasn't for a long time, but now Justice League feels like the, the biggest book in terms of the ongoings. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's fair. So, yeah, so so we have Justice League number two. Scott Snyder, Jorge Jimenez on the art. And, yes, uh, I will start by saying, you know, I, I enjoyed issue one quite a bit. I did have some misgivings about a couple of things here or there. Um, I think the bigger moments are better in issue one. I think overall, though, this is a better issue of, of the book. It has me excited for what the, the uh, ongoing issue is, week to, you know, or issue to issue. I prefer Jimenez to uh, Chunk. As do I. Great artists. As do I. So... Uh, I, I think this is pretty characters. There are, there are some characters that Jimenez does that I think just don't Ugh. look very good. Like I, I think is 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 Martian Manhunter is just too. He's got he's got a really skinny, weird shaped head. Okay, so I will <laughs> I will see that and I will raise you his Swamp Thing. I his will Swamp raise Thing's you, excellent. Yeah, I will raise mm -hmm. his Lex. His Lex looks classic Lex. Like, he does. It does. It does. But I, I do have some problems at times with like his Barry, for example. 
Uh, I think his Barry looks a bit weird at times. Uh, it's the, yeah, the head proportion uh, specifically. Yeah, I can see that. Uh, he's a very cartoony style in that, where you have the big heads, you know. It's the same with um, you know, is is Sinestro? I don't think looks very good at all. I'm fine with that. I've seen so many different versions of Sinestro at this point. Like, yeah, no, as long as he doesn't look like Hector Hammond, I'm okay. Was yeah. Sinestro on the uh, on the Legion last issue, or is he just yes. he, Yeah, he was. Was he? he? Was, well, he, they, he was off in space. So, but they mentioned him. Okay, uh, right. Just I just remember because yeah, yeah, I was like I was trying to remember if he's joined the team yet or if like, this is just building up to him. Yeah, join the team, but that's, no. that's fair enough. Which is, I think that's worth th- noting that those Legion of Doom issues seem to be flashbacks of Lex building the team. Yeah, yeah. which is cool, and that, that's cool. Um, here's here's my thing of uh, my one takeaway is I feel like I know Sander's going to give it to us as you said in the flashback, but Lex to go full on back evil Lex mm. and Sinestro the same kind of deal, and even Cheetah, it's such a whiplash. From what I'm used to right yeah. now, and I think I think this because the, the opening scene of this book is this flashback to Lex finding this doorknob. We'll talk about this in a second, but I think this is the start of maybe a run of flashbacks, uh, maybe tying into those Legion of Doom issues where we'll get more of you know what led him to yeah. these beliefs and why he's doing what he's doing. Yeah, because right? yeah, which is a weird idea as well because he buys this 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 clubhouse that his dad used to go to. Yeah. And he, he buys like it just, just so he can blow it up. He's like, I've rigged it with explosives, the old geezers, get out. And he has a suit that pops up that, you know, protects him from the blast. And it's just as it's blowing up, he notices the door's got like a fancy doorknob mm-hmm. with a symbol on it. Um, and I'm like, yeah, okay. he, he goes and it's like, hey, you're all running out the door. Wouldn't it be quicker to take, you know, this one over here? This one. And yeah. they're like, nah, this place only has one door, you dick. Uh, yeah. I make so excited for Snyder's Lex as this is his first true moment in the book. Like, yeah, we saw him murder Vandal Savage, but said this was Lex... Yeah. Well, not just... Yeah, with that doorknob. Yes. But him telling him... Him being like, yeah, I bought this place because my dad loved it, and now I'm going to blow it up because my dad loved it. Because uh, he didn't love me enough. That's such a great Lex moment. Like, no, this is just gold. Uh, there we go to John Stewart. He's in space. He's, he's transporting a prisoner. Um... And it took me a second to get what happened here, and because because Swamp Thing appears and he's like, uh, "This is the only way we can contact you because all, all your you know your your comms are off and Marshall Man Hunter can't get to you." And I went back and was like, "Oh, it's the flower! Like Swamp Thing's actually yeah. like communicating through the plant life, even though it's an alien plant. Yeah. <laughs> he's still doing." Yeah, it. They, they, yeah, they made a point of having the the prisoner that he's transporting address the flower. Yeah, no, yeah. First. So yeah. You know well, I there. like how they tied it to Zanshi. I like when they bring that up with. John, like, I don't like it to be his only character trait. Like, I'm glad, like, this John feels very, you know, flushed out. Snyder seems to get him. But with what's been going on in Green Lanterns lately, or the Green Lantern core book, he's just been the core leader version. He has, and I like, yeah. yeah. I kind of like tortured by the uh, memory of Zanshi. So that, that was cool. I also like when they tie Swamp Thing and Animal Man. Like, the morphogenic field and the green go galaxy wide so as long as it's a plant life yeah then he's got it yeah no it's fun stuff I, I do love the the look of the the blue glowing yeah swamp thing you know it's that blue flame around them that looks fantastic uh, yeah it looks really good and yeah well, honestly the red and the green stuff from the new 52 is one of my favorite things of that yep. of, of that whole oh definitely era. I'm well, glad that it, stuck around it, yeah yeah it flushed out that that concept where we had learned about buddy really not getting his his powers from aliens like it was the red reaching out to him you know uh and so he can touch any 
any kind of genetic field he can tap into. So it makes me wonder if because humans and, and human-esque aliens, like, could he tap into Superman powers one day? You know, mm. I like that it posed that question. So, you know. So obviously, the point of this is Batman wants to talk to John to try and convince him to join the Justice League. You know, this this is going down, and obviously, we left last issue with the big cliffhanger of this 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 cosmic thing is you know the totality yep. is coming towards Earth, and we find that no, it's landed, it's landed in the desert, and the Justice League mm-hmm. Dark have cloaked it from the world, and mm-hmm. he he wants John Stewart to be on the team because they're going to try to investigate it, look into it, find out what's going on, what's coming for it. It might be able to yeah. save the multiverse. That's what yeah. they're hoping. But yeah. I was getting, and I don't know if Carl agree with me here. I was getting some almost stalker esque vibes with the the mystery of this object and going inside it, and how. Yeah, yeah, I can see it. I, I was getting that. Stalker. Stalker's a, a Russian movie, Matt. Uh, oh, okay. It's a sci-fi okay. movie from the seventies. It's really, it's really good stuff. But it's. Okay. Uh, the the mystery of this object reminded me of some of the stuff in that movie. Even yeah, uh, Annihilation, which came out this year, uh, yeah, has some of those same you ideas. That, yeah. you, you get the idea. That's uh, all right. I'll talk to you guys offline about Annihilation. I don't okay. Know if you should watch it or not? So, but I, Matt, there's the that. the best bear of movie making history is in that movie. Yeah, Matt, but I don't want to see to happen to the bear. So like, <laughs> it's, it's smart to watch. I just I loved Ex Machina. So. But I don't know about this one. This one was... But I was... Having not seen the movie, just being familiar with the trailer, mm. the totality gave me Annihilation vibes. Yeah, yeah, Just because yeah. it was like the state... And then when you see what it does to Killer Croc... Because you had to know that Waller was sending... Oh, yeah, her, Task her Force in, yeah. What I like about that is I think this is a really neat uh, way of transitioning through this and you know opening up the book. I think it's got a really nice narrative flow to it. Because you know we start yeah. off with John and he's talking to Batman. And then at one point, you know Batman, someone's shouting, Batman, watch out! And you just hear a roar. And he's just mentioned that Killer Croc's been affected by this. And he's like, Batman, what are you doing? And then you turn the page and sure enough, they're fighting this huge mutated Killer Croc. I think that yeah. was a really nice transition. It teased it with the Batman stuff, and then it went into it. It was a really nice thrilling. It's got a good flow to it, yeah. Yeah. Yep. I feel this feels like Snyder doing the Court of Owl stuff, like the tension that he builds, mm. and although it feels a little bit more blockbustery than than that, because that was a little more quiet. But yeah, the yeah. roar off screen, like it was so well handled. Yeah, we see Flash is tripping. His speed force is kind of like fluctuating in and out. He's uh, having some yep. issues there. Um, Sean actually turns into a giant gorilla at one point to, to, take, to take down Croc. Yeah, buddy. Uh, just fun action scene. Um, and I take it we all like the fact that the Legion of Doom have an underwater base that's hidden from the world. Lovely. Yeah, yeah I, it's fantastic. I want them to have multiple bases because that makes sense. Oh, like, if they're that. the opposite of the Justice League and the Justice League have a Hall of Justice, then their Legion headquarters should be everywhere. Because mm-hmm. uh, we we got the Legion, we got we got Lex, we got Black Man, we got Cheetah, and we got Grodd. And yeah. Grodd's explaining the symbol. He's got the, the doorknob, and he's like, "Yes, yes, there's seven hidden forces." And now, obviously, we know Still Force is one of them. Uh, the Ultraviolet Lantern stuff is one of them. Uh, so, I did think it was interesting. Uh, you know, he tells us about the the doom meaning fate thing that Matt was yeah. going on about last time. Yeah. Yeah. But again, I got that from a Snyder. No, uh, no, he obviously said it in an interview, but he just yeah. he put it into the issue as well. Yeah, just not yeah, the first cool. one, which I thought was a nice touch. He loves to share what he's doing, and that's what I've learned from Scott Snyder. Like, if you talk to him, you're going to get spoiled somehow. You're still not going to know it till you read it. Yeah. yeah, and then they've got like another member, another use for one of the powers. He's unlocked one of them with this baby, and Grodzol, yeah. it's a baby. What? And he's like, pick it up, and he's looking into his head, see who yeah. it is. He's like. It, is this who I think it is? God, the power. Um, I actually, I didn't get it at first, but I actually think I know who the baby is. 
Uh, I've it, got a couple of theories, but no uh, one seems to be sure online. Um, no. I think it's a turtle. That was one of my yeah. first guesses as well. Because the very next page is Barry explaining to Hot Girl that the turtle believed yeah. in the still force and that he could tap into it. And he thinks that he's responsible for what's happening to him. I think I think the thing that he's does does link that to me as well is that he says, Oh, you know, the turtle he was you know, he's all he's always an old man, right? Yeah. And mm-hmm. Barry makes a point of saying that. So I think it going, oh, no, show it as, as young. And, you know, and, and okay, previously, Lex said, him, perhaps. Lex uh, said he, he's just been changed. That was the, the line he used. So yeah. he's altered him to a baby somehow. Or something's altered him to a baby. Yeah, yeah. So, I, I did think it was, you know, I thought it was um, strangely high praise, though, for Lex to give the turtle, you know, a, a true evil genius. Yeah. That's true. That's, that's what's throwing me. <laughs> That, that, that made me think: Is this some alternate Earth version of you know? A, or a maybe baby the the again. I'm going. You know, all we really have to go on is the praise, and the green, the green, color, yeah. which again does does link to turtle. Um, I get, but it, it made me think of Lex's colors as well. Trying to explain the, uh, the 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 evil genius comment from Lex. Maybe he's almost like admiring the fact that he'd figured this out before. I mean, even it's not so much that he's been a great criminal mastermind up until now. It's more that. He actually figured all this stuff out and no one believed him. Yeah. So he, he recognizes that as genius. I don't know. When I like the concept that, that Snyder's playing with these abstract concepts for things, it's almost very Morrison-esque. Like the it steel is. force. What does that actually mean? Because we've seen Flash be able to steal people's speed. So does the steel force just be like, oh no, well, this shuts off the speed force. You know? Like, yeah. Um... I'm sure we'll get into that. So Barry's actually building a, a speed mobile uh, <laughs> so that the Titans can take care of Turtle because he thinks the Turtle's just out there to be taken care of. Uh, so, yeah. again, that's nice because it's, it's kind of acknowledging that the Titan teams are actually integrated in some capacity with the Justice League and they're not yeah. all just separate entities like they were before. Mm. Uh, yeah. So that's kind of nice. And then we get to the plan. The plan to go inside the totality, which only two of the beings on the team, because uh, Barry's pissed at first that he can't go. He's being sidelined. And then Batman's like, no, no, only two people on the team can survive what this is going to do yeah. to their bodies, and that is Clark and Jean. And yep. then we get the fun joke where he's like, oh, yeah, the Atoms built built us some some ships that can go inside the human body. He's yep. like, wait, where, where, where are you, Bruce? And then he just says, like, I'm inside Clark's body. And Superman's like, uh, okay, fail that under sentence. <laughs> Three phrase. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Filing the phrases never to be said again. Yeah, <laughs> it's good stuff. And then Hot Girl, because what I love about this in terms of the humour and the, the banter between the team is that yeah. Barry's complaining that he's been sidelined. And then the next page... Yep. Uh, Jean asks Hawkgirl to go inside the other ship inside his body, and yeah. Barry's like, "You know what? You can take this one. It's fine." Yeah, I don't, I don't, no, no, thank you. Yeah. So. Well, and, and it makes sense that Barry can't go in because you know who knows what's in the totality and how it would affect. Because he yeah, can't just stay. He's just vibrating. He's, he's unreliable right now. Yes. Yeah, exactly. With the speed. Yeah, if you'll say line, if it feels like he's useless, and I, I get that, like I mean, it's understandable and relatable. But um, so yeah, and obviously, Hot Girl's like, man, my wings are metal, man. I'm figuring myself out. <laughs> so, yeah. Stop asking me yeah. to do weird things. Yeah. Uh, it, it reminds us that you know, Jean got that 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 vision from from Vandal Savage. He's kind of suppressing that. He's not letting it get to him just now, but it's in there. It's you know, yeah. preying on his mind. Uh, so yeah. Which does take us back to John in space, and that's when Sinestro shows up as an ultraviolet lantern, and he's like, "Oh, yeah. you're my first recruit." Well, worth noting, he does say, you know, John says, uh, "You know, the the Still Force has already been unlocked." Yeah, yeah. Uh, what I like about um, this Sinestro stuff 
is that it is kind of cool to get him in, into what is essentially his classic outfit before he, be, you know, before the Sinestro Corps was a thing, before the Yellow Lanterns. Yeah. This yeah, is kind of his old like school that. suit. Yeah, I kind of like that as well. Especially since when I think of the Legion of Doom in their classic sense, I do think of him That's, in his, his classic suit. Exactly. Yeah. So, it's, it's good stuff. Uh, so, we actually, the, the end of the issue is the Superman and Master Manhunter, they've got suits on, they've got like armor suits on. Uh, we've got Kendra <laughs> and and Batman inside their bodies. Uh, they're going to be able to communicate when they go in. It turns out this thing was a giant head, by the way. That's, that's another key point here yeah. to make. Yeah. It's a giant head. Uh, and like, we have to do this now because even though we've cloaked it, the rumours are spreading, people are starting to, like, you know, with conspiracy theories, you know, it, it feels almost like a very sort of quick version of Area 51. Like, you know, okay, they've hit it, but people saw it land. There was, you know, yeah. giant shooting star or whatever on the news, like, you know, or meteors or whatever. So... No, it's exciting. But before we end the issue, John Stewart jumps in. He's angry. He's evil. He says the oath of the ultraviolet lantern, the unseen light. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. so, so that's there. Uh, so that, that's all. I love how all these cores come with the oath, like pre-baked. Yeah. It's always ready. Well, yeah. the, the Guardians are responsible for all of these in some form. Mm. So I'm sure that's part of the software that they put into these rings. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, but the final reveal here. So, so John's shown up. So the Justice League have to deal with him. Hence, why the cover of issue three is John and his ultraviolet yeah. light. So, I do like all the little like you know tattoos and you know, like on his face. You know, like when you when you have like hmm. the, you know it is like you shine the ultraviolet light and you see the patterns. Yeah, it's like that all over his over his head. Well, I also like how it's like your hmm. your very deep down emotions. It's stuff like hatred. Uh, you know, that it doesn't show on the surface. Uh, yeah. and so so it still plays with the emotional spectrum. But I still like that it's also with the visible light and whatnot. So it's a nice balance. Yeah. Uh, and then the big sort of final of the issue, though, is we come back to the Legion and she is like, oh, you're lying about something, Lex. And she swipes off his face only to reveal that it was a, a Lex bot this entire time. <laughs> uh, which, that's probably one of my favorite panels Lex of the book. See, see, see where the face is ripped off and you see like, the eyeball dangling yeah. and the, the uh-huh. sparks? I love that panel. It's, it has some of like, my favorite lettering work here as well, where mm-hmm. you know it's still coming out of his half mouth speaker thing mm, and yeah. you get you know like bits of it just fragmented and you really get that sense of oh this is malfunctioning sort of thing and that's when they ask wait if you're not here lex then where are you and you see that he's in his own miniature ship inside superman's body and he's laughing his ass off yeah. <laughs> what was it he says but of all you know uh, around the universe i've been to all these places around the universe but of all those places this place where i am right now just might be my favorite haha <laughs> Yeah. yeah, he's inside Superman's body. Uh, so, so we end we end with them entering the Tatali. Uh, so that's the yeah. big cliffhanger. So we're definitely in a Batman versus Lex in Superman inner space style. Oh man, yeah, <laughs> yes. You right? Yeah, like, absolutely. Uh, so just real quick before we move on, I just pulled up the turtle, and there's some interesting things here. Oh, go on. Um, so he goes all the way back to Jay Garrick, right? Like that's when he first showed up. Yeah. Uh, was in the Golden Age. Um, and he was a genius, uh, an independently wealthy, who created devices based off of slowness. So, um, but like it says here, after robbing the bank, he painted his shadow into the wall, fooling the flash into crashing into it, which that's such, you know, great cell rage stuff. Um, but here, apparently he had uh, developed the ability to steal speed. So... There's that, and he popped up in Infinite Crisis, 
He is part of Alexander Luther Jr.'s secret society. Uh, using his spe- speed stealing abilities uh, on the speedsters to make it harder for them to track. I didn't realize that so, there was a time when he couldn't steal speed. I just thought that was his thing. Yeah, no, that wasn't always his thing. So, so yeah. Because that's why uh, I thought he was called the turtle. <laughs> that was the joke. Yeah, you know. yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I get you. Know, the point yeah. is always slow, slow related things. Yeah. You know, at the true, start, true, weapons. Yeah. So I guess it's still tracked. Oh, that's fair. That's fair. But bit DC history. Yeah. Uh, no, I like this issue a lot. I, I think this one. Uh, to its benefit, it was a bit more straightforward in terms of how it told its story. I think it flowed really well. Like I said, like the way they teased the croc fight that was happening as he was talking to John, and then we'd, we'd seen the fight happen, and the way it was bouncing between the Legion and the the, the Justice League, and how it, it just it felt very natural. It flowed really well. Uh, all the stuff it's playing with, I think, really works. I'm loving the Legion of Doom working yeah. together. Lex's evil schemes. The, the, the banter between the team feels on point, which is something that I think the, the, the previous book was lacking quite a bit, you know, with the, yeah. the hitch and whatnot. So, uh, yeah. no, I'm, I'm way into it. I'm a, yeah, Justice League. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Uh, any yes. points before we rate? Any, anything else you want to add? No. No, I think we covered it. All right, okay. What would you give it then? Out of 10, Justice League issue 2. Matt? Well, that was a 9. I like this one a whole lot, and the art was definitely an uptick. For me, at least, because I love him and his. Yeah, Matt. That's a Connor. So <laughs> <laughs> say, bit deja vu there. Yeah. No, um, for me, the art wasn't quite as strong. Like I said, it's it's very good, but there are just some characters who I didn't quite like as much. Um, but I still like the issue a lot overall, so it's an 8.5. Hmm. I'm, I'm going to concur with Matt and go with a, with a 9. I think it's a really good issue. I'm going to stop doing this. I'm going to stop doing the Brainiac Hive Mind. I don't like it. It's just agreeing, just agreeing. Two sensible people agreeing on something. That's all it is. True. true. Um, all right, so that'll take us on to Man of Steel number four. Brian Michael Bendis writing Kevin McGuire on the art, and of course the the now accustomed page or two by Fabic uh, in the yeah. middle somewhere. Uh, so so that that's the show. so we know who was in the the head thing. Before we get to the main story, we, let's talk about the the the, okay. the John we'll and Lois scene. Yes. It makes so much sense, and I'm mad that we didn't figure it out sooner. Yes. Well, here's, here's the thing why I, I never considered it. Is I think everyone came out of this so worried that, that Bendis was going to only care about like the past of Superman and not the recent history, that we never thought he was going to reference... Because the end of the book uses the supernova, right, from New 52. Yeah. And the person in the the, 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 the big ship head thing is Jor-El, post-Mr. Oz. Is that, is that Jor-El? Yeah. Like, oh, shit, Bendis is using this stuff? I did not see that coming. I'm- and it makes so much sense to where we had last seen him in that with uh, that was Jurgen's that was Action Comics. Yeah. So how he wanted to take John and Lois to this Earth where they could be, you know, exceptional and whatnot. Uh, so and it makes sense for them. That's where they are. That's where I'm going to assume. For now, yeah. I mean, I guess the simplest explanation now, just predicting what the next two issues are going to tell us, is that he knows something bad's coming, and he convinces Clark that they should go away for safety. Like, that'd be my guess right now, but I mean, we'll we'll see how it goes. The creepiest Rogelzar has been is when he asked Superman if he has any kids, and if he mated with the soft earth people. I I think the word he used was even worse, was have you procreated with these these humans? Yeah. That was the the sentence. Oh man, it, it sent a shiver down my spine, and I was especially like, since, as he's saying it, he comes out of the shadows behind him in the destroyed yeah. fortress. Yeah, it's it's a really good moment because this, this I, issue is I, the, I this is the, this is the action issue, the 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 action one thousand story that he did 
it's kind of in the middle of this one. Uh, yeah. We have Superman and Supergirl fighting Ogazar, and I loved the narration here because it was kind of like, you know, uh, who is it he says uh, that told him this? Who, who's the, who was the Justice League member that gave him the advice? Oh, uh, Green Lantern. There you go. He pops in. No, 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 no. Before that, when in his narration, he's saying that um, someone told him that if something hits you this this hard and fast, he's counting on emotion. Uh, yeah, let me, let me look that up because it was early on in the book. It was early. I was like page three or something like that. Because you know, usually I like to save this for last, but this week I was out of town, oh, so yeah. uh, I read this as soon as I could download it. And I did. Yeah, so I read it super early. Let me let me find this. But no, I, just, I, I like that. Like, because there was another point in the book as well. Like, later on, the fight, it was like he was using all of his friends' like advice. Because later on, he's like, "Okay, let's yeah. play Batman," and he starts analyzing what he's doing and why he's doing it. And it feels like he's being detectivey. I like that. It, it felt like he was like taking like just you know lessons that he's learned from his teammates here or there. Uh, yeah. I really like that aspect of it. And you know, I, I think because you knew that the, the actual one thousand stuff happened because he gets thrown into the building, he gets knocked out, and when he wakes up, Maggie Sawyer's there, and the two waitresses who were like, in that issue, like. You know, asking questions. Hal's there. Hal's like sort of cleaning up the debris, and he's helping him out and stuff. It was Cyborg, by the there way. There you go. That was That's the one. A, I knew it was a Justice League member. Yes. I can't remember which one. There you go. But yeah, um, but no, yeah. The action, as you were saying, like it's cool. Like there's that scene where they're fighting, and Zar cuts off the like, antenna tower, and it falls through the building, and that lady's just working. Yeah, but the... and falls back through the window, and he goes and catches her. But the best part of that, I thought, was the fact that in the page before that, you see her working. At, we're just working at her yeah. desk. Like it establishes her there mm-hmm. at the window. It's yep. kind of like a scene in a movie where it's, you, know, you see the like, innocent bystander doing their thing first, yep. and then the next page yeah. you see the, the the crazy thing happen that puts them in danger. And, and you see him look. Or you see Superman look. And this is something I've always wanted in a Superman comic, where the villain knows Superman's gonna stop and attend to the city yeah and that's where he has his edge and that was my i don't say my biggest problem fan of steel because that movie had a ton of problems but like superman just throwing zob through buildings and stuff never sat well with me even though it was his first yeah i think that was dalliance that was the second biggest problem with that movie yeah so but as a you know as a long-term superman fan i was like well that just feels wrong because that's innate in Clark Kent himself. Like, I'm going to try to contain this as much as I can before I try to beat the crap out of this Joe, Joe, what's funny is, that number one, people... I said that was the second worst thing about that movie. Number one's yeah. not the next snap. That, that is not even number no. one or two. Like, that, that that's further down. I, I can justify that in some capacity. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Not Number one, me and Carter have spoken about this a lot in the past, about how uh, yeah. the biggest problem with that movie is there's not really a point in that film where he really chooses to be who he is. There's never like a point no. where he chooses to be Superman. Uh, he just kind of falls into it. And it's just, I, oh, I guess I'm I doing feel this like now. He chooses, I, I feel like he chooses not to be Superman numerous times. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <that> movie. <laughs> Which is like, fine. To, it's fine to do yeah. that once and then have the arc be that then he yeah. decides to be Superman later, yeah. but that doesn't he's, happen. He's dug himself a hole and now he has to get out of the hole. Yes. Like, you're right. But you can't just have him stand there and not do anything. Storytelling, yes. Like. Yeah, so, uh, but no, this, this, like, again, every issue, I feel like Superman's in great hands with Bendis. Like, I feel like Bendis has waited forever to be able to tell a Superman story that's just basic. Like, he's not doing anything tricky. He's just writing Superman. And like you said earlier, with using the recent history stuff with uh, Mr. Oz, Jarrell, and... Uh, and the the supernova, which I totally forgot the supernova was a thing, like until this issue. Yeah, and that uh, moment is so good. 
Yeah, because he, I mean, obviously the fortress is already wrecked, and he says to Rogal mm. he was going to call someone. I assume he meant Lois and John. Yeah. Like he was going to call them, yeah. with, you know, taking the fortress. And yeah. he's like, oh, I can't because it's destroyed. So he actually blows up what's left of the fortress. The fortress is gone at the end of this. Uh, very, very interesting. Uh, you know, big shake up, and just in terms of Superman. Um, Ooh, and that's Czar doing what he wants. He's destroying all remnants of Krypton. But I also, you know? I, well, no, it was Clark does this though. No, I know, but Czar still gets what he wants. Oh, there. sure, sure, you know yeah, I mean? but he, he didn't he like, didn't make him do it. Like, Clark does this in no. kind of retaliation. Um, but what I thing I like about Rogozar in this issue is that after the sort of the Action 1000 section, he disappears and, you know, Kara shows back up after being, like, whacked out of yeah. the, you know, city. And she's like, okay, did we get him? And he's like, no, he got away. It's like, okay, why is he hiding? Did we beat him up, you know, enough? And he's like, no, I don't think so. I think he's playing with this. I think, I don't think yeah. we, we hurt him at all. He, he is totally messing with us right now. And I like yep. that psychological play. I also like the play that Clark knew that he wanted to fight him in the city because Superman would have to hold back. Because at one point Superman says in the narration that if he hits him at full force, it will cause too much... Da- not, not even like if he hits him into something, just yeah. the, the force of the punch will ripple and the, it will cause buildings to yeah. either collapse or it'll whatever. Like mm-hmm. That's an interesting idea that he has to hold back because like, he says, I can't yeah. hit him at any higher than an 8. Any more than that would cause damage to the city just from, from the, yep. the shockwave. So... Uh, intro- oh. he's playing with a lot of stuff it's really solid Superman stuff I think um, so we know that he's also getting a charge from the Yellow Sun because Superman realizes that's what mm-hmm. he can use as his edge that he's not ready for the excess power yet this is what Clark was raised in so he can manage it and then he hits him with a supernova so I'm wondering how that's going to affect Zar like if this is a thing where you just overpower him so he can't uh, function yeah. you know but I am looking forward to a knockout drag out in the wasteland of the Arctic. Because mm. Superman... Because you know, um, he uses that to his advantage because he realises that because yeah. he's been powered by the sun, he's actually not used to how much power he's got. So Superman's like, no, yep. I've lived here my whole life. I know how to yep. control my power. So he uses that a little bit in the fight. I think it does raise some interesting questions. It means that Rogal Zar, whoever he is, wherever he mm-hmm. came from, he came. He was born under a red sun. Um, right. Could could that be Daxum? You know, is is he from Daxum in some capacity? Yeah. Is, is or is he even actually Kryptonian himself? And for some reason hates the rest of Krypton. That's so. That's what I got. That he has a tie to Krypton because he goes. You knew my father. Uh, Clark tells him, uh, and he goes better than you probably ever did. Mm. And something stems this hatred of Krypton. It's never when it comes to people that hate entire cultures. It's never just one thing. It's never that they just don't like. The cut of their jib. There's something down that they see as a threat, and none of the other, you know, pantheon of you know the quintessence that we've seen saw Krypton as a threat like Zarn yeah. did. I wonder, like, obviously, he doesn't look like a, like a, a humanoid, and I mean, he's, he's, no. he's humanoid in the sense that he's got you know arms and legs and whatnot, but mm-hmm. he looks so different from you know Krypt- Kryptonians and Daxamites that mm-hmm. I feel like if he is from one of these places, was like was he like the victim of like an experiment or something that changed his appearance yeah. and made him like this, or or, or even if because this is I need a history of Krypton to know if they went spacefaring or not, right? Because they they've done the whole Kryptonian thing mm. like no they were forced to stay on the planet well no that's where daxamites come from they were you know spacefaring kryptonians that got cut off i wonder you know we've we because when we first saw rogel czar we, we, we mentioned that he had some sort of doomsday similarities i wonder we see yeah. like an early doomsday experiment like they were experiment on a person and he was kind of yeah. like this first prototype doomsday or so, something like that so i'm feeling like whatever happened to his own planet let's say 
Kryptonians had come there and kind of violated the Prime Directive, you know, that Star Trek's known for. Like, mm. you can't interact, you can't do anything. And even though they didn't do anything personally to him, their presence affected his planet. Because I'm, I'm also using the Bendis writing Superman as, like, Jewish culturally. And yeah. Rogel's are kind of represents the, you know, the, the diaspora, you know, them spreading out and constantly being persecuted for everything. And I'm wondering if that's where this is going. Like, just the Kryptonians being there has been perceived negative by Zar and his people. I mean, obviously, there's a possibility that he's just from another planet in the same solar system. Yeah. I mean, that's always a possibility. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so, um, I'm just trying to factor all this in. I mean, it could be all completely off. But... It could be a different solar system, but given the fact that he has ties with Krypton, he knows Jor-El, I feel yeah. like it's more likely to be someone, you know, in proximity. Yeah. Like, you know, he's either another planet in the Definitely. same solar system, it's him, it's Krypton itself, whatever, but right. he's from one of these places because he, he's, he's charged yeah. with the ill sun. Unless Bendis throws another wrench in that makes me think something completely different yeah. next time. But Exactly. Um, could be but no, no, I'm digging it. So Matt, uh, obviously art was good. I thought the art was nice and pulpy. Mm-hmm. Was like, oh yeah, I I like Maguire. Maguire yeah. gives it that feel like, you know, pre Jurgens kind of era of of Superman. It almost or, feels uh, like it almost feels kind of Silver Age in places. I, I thought. Yeah, that's what I want to do. Like you know, like John Byrne era on Superman. It has that. He's got the square jaw, John, the spit curl kind of going. Uh, and I thought his action was real. Real, handled real well, like mm-hmm. the the layouts and everything. Like we talked about, the the lady falling out of the the window and Superman saving her. So, but yeah, uh, if I had to rate this as an eight point five issue, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Yeah, um, I mean, yeah, I, I think I'm about there. I mean, I I may even be tempted to to go up to the nine to be honest. Huh? I, I really did. And I know, I, I, obviously, sure. as with all Bendis books, I've seen a mix of opinions online and some people hated yeah. this issue, thought it was the weakest of the four, thought the Bendis <laughs> speak was at its absolute worst. I mean, <laughs> as someone who likes Bendis speak, I, I mean... Me too. You know, that's that's never been... I've never looked at a Bendis book and go, oh man, this is too wordy. Yeah. But I enjoy uh, I know that's a problem for for some people, like uh, like this guy. Yeah, yeah. Guy. Certain, certain ginger, but, you know, yes. Yeah, so... Yeah, so I thoroughly enjoyed it. McGuire, you know who's who's on the next issue? Do we know? Oh, I, can't art? I can't remember. No. Yeah, <laughs> and it's gonna be. Good. But the the fabric stuff looked great. Uh, his his Jarrell, like again, I feel stupid for not piecing it together. Like of course, yeah, it was gonna be him. So. Yeah, I'll critique the silhouette in last issue though, because I said he looked bald, and while he's he's mostly bald, he does have that big tough hair. He of has that hair curl. Yeah. yeah. But I figure, have they done? Well, they kind of gave him kind of a mohawk look, and that would have thrown us even more. Yeah, it's but... true. Yeah, imagine Jarrell stepped out, but he'd actually gelled yeah. up his hair to, to into a mohawk. Yeah, a little bit. Um, but I feel like they were trying to make us think it was Lex. I mean, the red or the red, the the purple and green. Yeah, kind of leads to it and whatnot, and the baldness. I feel like it was just all all the red herring. But yes, I'm curious to see if, if that's where they go. If you know he lets Lois and and John go. Because it's for their own safety. Yeah. Uh, so that that is uh, that is Man of Steel issue too. So um, yeah, nine out of ten, I think. Oh yeah, so so I liked it a lot. There you go. All right, that'll take us on to Batman Forty Nine. Tom King writing, Mikel Janin on the art. This is the second part of the Best Man story just before the wedding. As we had last issue, Batman Joker in the church. Uh, things were not going smoothly for Batman. Catwoman has decided to come in, and we get the Catwoman Joker side of this. This what I'll call the greatest love triangle in, in the history of our time because it's the most complex. Sure. 
<laughs> All right. Okay. Uh, Connor's not spoken in a bit because he doesn't read Man of Steel, so we'll let him open this. Oh. What happened in the issue, Connor? Uh, one long conversation. Yep. Connor didn't like this issue, I can tell. I know. I, I didn't actually dislike it. I just don't <laughs> love it. I, I've said this before. I think King is is at his best when he's got plot backing up his dialogue. Yeah. I think when he's doing just dialogue like this, it just doesn't always work. It doesn't always land. I think Mr. Miracle seems to be the exception to that. But whenever he does it in Batman, it doesn't work that well for me. So this is, it's all right, but I don't love it. Okay, okay. I thought it looked pretty. I liked... Barring the, barring the fight section where all of a sudden there was just no backgrounds for three or four pages... Yeah, but it was just plain white or plain orange, and I really didn't like that. It felt kind of lazy. It felt a little bit rushed to finish it in. For for an issue where two people are laying on the floor trying not to bleed out, I thought it looked really nice out of January. Oh, Matt, your mic's gone. Uh, also, just, I, 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 just, just before we move on, though, I want to say I disagree with Connor's point about the backgrounds. I actually really like those pages. I feel like it just uh, it just it's really jarring to just have no backgrounds. It's especially from Janin, who doesn't usually do this. Mm-hmm. I, I, has I just really strong background work. Uh, stylistically, I just I just like the style of it for the action scene. It, it feels like it works to me. It gives it, it, gives it this uh, hyperkinetic kind of flow. I, I think it's it's because all the floor is still there and like you know the 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 pews and stuff. But yeah, and the, the, there's the occasional pillar, but then all of a sudden there's just nothing. It's just empty space around them, and it it loses a lot of the perspective for me. Uh, I like it a lot. I actually I think it's a stylistic choice uh, rather than being lazy or not having time to finish more more stuff. Um, to me, to me, this feels hyper stylized. I don't know. I, I'm into it. Yeah, fair enough. Didn't didn't work for me. But... This is a weird thing to say when talking about comic books because we're talking yeah. comic books. But it looks, it feels very comic booky to me, <laughs> and I'm into it. Uh, but I don't know. I, I like I like those pages. They're probably some probably my favorite pages of the book. To be honest, I like what is there. Don't get me wrong, but I felt I was lacking in not having the backgrounds. Uh. I mean, I feel like it's lacking, but it does come out of like I understand why they're doing it. It's to put yeah. focus on Selena and Joker. Yeah, it's like the know? rest of their world goes away because yeah. because they're, they're in the fight. They're yep. just their heads in there. I mean, it works for me. But hey ho. Uh, so yeah, after so she slashes his throat with her with her claws. He shoots her. Mm-hmm. So we spend the rest of the issue with them lying, barely being able to move. Uh, she's mm-hmm. holding her bullet wound. He's holding his neck wound, and it's essentially what I'll say. Uh, Almost reminiscing of the days when Catwoman was part of the the, the sort of the Batman role gallery, yeah. and kind of just casually talking about the other the other villains and like, oh, how's Harvey? Did you see him recently? Like, oh yeah, he's in Arkham, and you know what he's like. He can go two ways, uh, you know, joke joke. I love they're talking about all the different villains, and I love how they keep going back to uh, to to Penguin. Yeah. And like, what does that umbrella do? Because sometimes it's a gun, sometimes it's a helicopter, like. Uh, and then all the talk with about Harvey. Uh, so yeah, that was. Uh, what does he say? He says something about like Harvey's the most underrated. That's what Catwoman says. Yeah, I always I, thought he was the dark, he, horse the dark horse to take down Batman. Yeah. And and as a Two Face fan, uh, I was like, oh, cool, King. We're on the same page on that. I can't wait for your Two Face story now. Oh yeah. Like, um, now I, I like this issue the most. I think out of us, I actually really. Uh, Doug, what they're getting into here, and the idea that Joker is partly doing what he's doing because if Batman becomes happy, if he gets happiness, then he can no longer be Batman because that's how Batman works, and he won't have the Batman that he that's, knows and and loves. You know, but that's how Joker 
thinks that Batman thinks. Oh, sure, sure, yeah. You I know? mean, this is Joker's perspective on it, obviously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I just, in the grand scheme of King, where we saw where this started with the Gotham and Gotham Girl stuff, and mm. almost that, that might be not the case anymore, about that was the end well, of yeah, Batman. I mean, the, the, the whole the whole run's been about, um, like, can Batman yeah. be happy? That's the, that's the question. Yeah. And right? just the fact that this issue at 49 ties back to the end of issue six like the fact that it, it's still going i really appreciate uh but but no yeah um they're making fun of uh, riddler's sideburns also uh yes that's a good one but yeah and that uh riddler's theory on joker that he's not actually crazy that he does feel the weight of everything he does and that's just an act i'm in i thought that was super nice and deep because you never get that kind of stuff with joker yeah uh, what I dug about it a lot though is this idea you know with can Batman be happy and is him being happy take away the Batman and you know because this is the first kind of seed of doubt where if oh. Catwoman does decide not to go through with it this is like the first time they've presented me with something that would almost please me as a reason if she says no because you're necessary oh. you're, you're Batman if, if, that's, so, if that's the route we're going down my, my theory on this is everyone knows that it's Batman and Catwoman getting married, right? Mm-hmm. It's not Bruce and Selena. And I almost feel like if she turns it down, she's like, well, I don't want to marry Batman. I want to marry Bruce. You know? Yeah. Like, I could see that, that if in the next issue we don't get the the full wedding, that's the reason. And that, that will either drive Bruce into being Bruce Wayne more, and that's what we get about the end of Batman, or it drives him into Batman more. And it's like, well, this is who I am. I, th- I think the root with that is she wants to marry Bruce Wayne, but he can't be Bruce Wayne because he has to be Batman, which is exactly. why he can't then marry her. But, then, I, that, I, yeah. but the other thrill in here that I really like is the Joker asks her why, you know, we'd always be laughing about when we're trying to take down Batman, and you never laughed, you never smiled. Why? And she's like, oh, no, I only laugh when I win. And at the end of the issue, you know, when Batman gets up and, you know, like the, the, the down on the floor, Joker almost was going to kill her because I actually laughed as well when he's like, hey, Selena, could you, like, go into my pocket and take out my magazine for my gun because I can't move this hand because I'll bleed out and then I can shoot you in your face. <laughs> like, you know, that, that was cracking me up. But at the end, she actually laughs. She actually looks a little bit psychotic because she's actually holding Joker and laughing. And it's the mm. idea that even if this wasn't the intention, she's almost finally beaten Batman. Because yeah. marrying him is beating Batman in, in, a, in a weird oh. way, uh, and oh. I, I like that. Um, yeah, it's actually worked for so me. Like, I, my, I know this is the sort of Tom King Batman that fails for Connor quite a bit, but for me, this is kind of the, the stuff so I, I like the most about his run. I, I put it the conversational stuff. This is still behind the date issue. Oh sure, for me. I'll give you that. Yeah. Like that's that's by far some of my favorite stuff he's he's done for Batman. But um, my favorite part in this was where. Selena tells Joker that she stole the dress, and he's like, "Oh, he doesn't know because that that he no, yeah. he would never prove that." Like, just them talking about him as he's a person, not as the Batman, but like Bruce is so you know against crime that even her stealing the wedding dress, you know, and she's like, "Oh yeah, I, I'm not gonna tell him." I thought that was a nice little light moment in this otherwise dark. See, for me, I I didn't because I thought the whole point of you know when we had that issue was that, you know, Bruce had accepted her for who she is, and yeah, she he knows that she's going to steal some stuff at times. I thought that was what we settled on when we when we spoke about that issue. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, this kind of just undercuts that completely because Bruce hasn't accepted who she is if, 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 he were, if he won't accept that she stole a wedding dress. Well, yeah, but it's more of a playful, like... 
Yeah, well, I don't, I don't it, take it as seriously as that because no. I mean she she thinks he won't handle it, but maybe yeah. maybe she's incorrect. Well, maybe, maybe he does know because he's Batman yeah. and he knows things exactly. And of course yeah. he couldn't expect her. And how do we know that he didn't go back and pay for it? Like if he yeah, because like, he's he's Batman and he's also Bruce Wayne. <laughs> exactly. Like, he can he can afford it. Yeah. Exactly. So, but I just like that he'd be mad, and he, then Joker's like, yes, he does get mad, just like because. Joker's been on the other side of that, you know, where yeah, he's yeah. taking quite a few beatings since Batman's been mad I, at even, him. Actually, one of my favourite things in the issue is when Joker says, no, I need Batman, to, like, I need to try and kill everyone, and I need Batman to stop me. Stop me. I yeah. need that. I, I need that chase. I need, I need him. Uh, he's my... like, I've killed Robins. I've done this. I've done that. And yeah. Yet still I'm here, so he needs me as much as I need him. I'll, I'll be honest, despite hearing the complaints, I love this issue more at the end of this conversation than I did at the start. <laughs> I like no, it that's I, fine. I, mean, I just <laughs> it, it's it's probably the least I've liked King's Joker as well. I, I, I feel like I, I know he knows Catwoman more, but it's just a bit too casual almost. See, I I don't mind that. I like that they can have this art because he's still trying to kill her. It doesn't yeah. matter if they're friendly. No, no, I get it. I just I, I don't know. It, it just didn't land for me as well. Like, he he just comes off a bit too casual. For me, that's the joke he that he's, he's, he's being this casual whilst he's trying to kill her. That's that's to yeah. me that's the, the the play on it. Uh, but no, I, I really like King's writing style, and I I think this is actually kind of similar to Ben. It's not not in style, but in, in the same way that if you don't like his writing style, this is where you're going to start having problems with some of the dialogue and stuff. Uh, mm. But no, I, I'm 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 into it. Uh, uh, I really like this issue because it's not like with the Poison Ivy issues where there was a lot of I thought legit complaints and I, even I wasn't yep. keen on the last issue of that uh, but no and that, and that hurts me as an Ivy guy like, I know it does but it's, thanks it's, you know it's, Heroes in Crisis is coming and Ivy's yeah, yeah. part of that we, we, you know you get getting a whole big thing yeah. uh, so and we'll see how he does with a you know a, a, a universe wide yeah. event with, with Crisis yeah so. and, and it's got Booster in it so how bad can it be there you go. There you go. Uh, so uh, that's 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 Matt's mantra. Uh, so we'll write the book. Uh, obviously, they are. I mean, obviously, Corradi's complaints about the pages, with the backgrounds, but uh, Janin, as per usual, with the faces and the the style, uh, is it's it's is funny because it's twice in a row I've said this about Janin. Where you know, last time it was the cross, this time it's the backgrounds. Where one thing in the issue that bothered me, but the rest of it's still fantastic art wise. I really can't predict oh, yeah. what is there in terms yeah. of all the facial expressions. Joe, it's, it's funny. It's still great. Well, the cross, I just didn't think that was a big deal. It didn't bother me. I actively like the thing you're complaining about this time, though. So, put, just for comparison. I put sake. a bomb in the cross. That was such a great moment, though. It was. It, it was it funny. Would if the cross was there. I, that doesn't, it doesn't matter. Much, yeah, though. it doesn't matter. Anyway, Matt, what'd you rate this out of ten? Oh, this is an eight. I I really enjoyed the art, but a lot of the dialogue just not that it didn't work for me. It was just one of those issues that I prefer his dialogue. I know it's still a high score, Matt. You don't have to. Like I know, but still justify it too much. You know, it, it, it's still great. Uh, Carter, what's your written? Uh, same as last issue, I think uh, six. All right, uh, I go eight point five. Go eight point five. Um, uh, I liked it a lot. I, I think my my only sort of critique would be the pacing was a little bit weird because it kept saying later and they were still there. I almost wish that we'd be cut to something else just to yeah. break up the. Uh, the, the, the time breaks mm. or did something just Batman lying there still yeah yeah just, much... just Batman like almost getting up and falling back there just as, as the yeah. joke that, that, that don't work for me but hey whatever okay. uh, maybe just establishing shots of the city again just go do a panel outside to, to sh- like just show like, the sun at different levels yeah the sun yeah. The, the rain going on and off the lightning whatever like just you know 
Uh, but hey, so we'll move on then. We'll move on to Batman Prelude to the Wedding, Red Hood versus Anarchy, issue one. Tim Seeley writing Javier Fernandez uh, on the art, I think. Although there was like multiple artists listed on the comicsology. I just put down the first one. Uh, that could be a little incorrect. I know all Schmidt. I think Schmidt did the, the, the last couple pages with... Uh, yeah. Yeah, the, you know, the tease for the next issue with uh, Joker. Because yeah. Harley and Joker's next. Um... Yeah, so needless to say, I, this was the the first one I was actively not looking forward to, just because I don't really like Jason Todd, and I don't not, like my anarchy. So. Uh, yeah, I don't really like anarchy either that much either. I mean, he's he's fine if he pops up, but you know, whatever. So I, I much prefer him to be a villain for Steph and Tim than hmm. Jason. So Connor was being cagey if he was going to read this or not. I'm going to ask a question. Did you read it? No, I just decided I, I didn't want to. And two, I thought it'd be funny for you two to read a Red Hood for once. And yeah, that's, that's the thing. In this issue, he calls Bizarro for help at one point. Artemis has a little cameo. This was basically yeah. a backdoor issue of Red Hood and the Outlaws. I'm not happy. Yeah. I'm not happy, Good. man. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad that's I didn't read it. it. If I'd read this for free, I'd be pissed. That's it. Seely seems to have a handle on all those characters, judging from what I read or read, what I hear from Connor once a month. Or sure. four times last shite. Is that what you're saying? Well, not that they're—I they're almost better than what you described. But I mean, it's Labdell, so it's anywhere but up. Or yeah, any direction but, up. So, so basically, Batman hired Jason to keep an eye on Selena's bachelorette party, uh, not be seen, just to keep an eye in case any villains pop up and cause trouble. And the one thing I liked about this is that we see Selena get the uh, the Nightwing doll that we saw she had when she came back yeah. at the end of Damien's issue. So it was, it was okay. It was nice to have some of these elements kind of line up. Uh, but basically, Anarchy tries to blow up the the party uh, because oh he can't have love, you know. It's basically his whole thing. Um, yeah. And Anarchy fights him up, up top, and then he basically again. So I was going to say, Anarchy's plan was to allure extremists from every side of the political spectrum, put them in a room, and make them think that they're you know basically cause a cause, cause a big giant scene of chaos between all the, the right. various alignments. Which. Again, I like Seeley addressing things that are going on in her life, like mm -hmm. how the internet gives us anonymity and therefore everyone is wearing a mask. Yep. And so these people all had the anarchy masks and that's what was going to cause all the, you know. Yeah. Also a little bit of uh, Halloween 3 in there that the masks are causing. I was thinking it's all about V for Vendetta, except he's going to make them all yeah. turn on each other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know... This entire series of one shots have re really been a roller coaster. When I think about it, like <laughs> yeah. if you start at the top with with the the Damien one, and then you ride down the hill to the Nightwing one, then you come a little bit back up. Yeah, you go with, up a bit, Batgirl, Batgirl, Riddler, yeah, and then back down with Jason yeah. Todd. And, and oh, I'm so and, glad I didn't read this. You know, yeah, it's, really making me feel better. Honestly, yeah. though, I'm kind of intrigued by the Joker Harley one. I feel like that could be an interesting yeah. issue. No, I, I never feel like, like the the writing's bad i just it's like connor said these are all kind of meaningless they don't really fit in you'll be able to read the batman wedding without having any well, of these ultimately i just you know i don't really want to support meaningless tie-ins yeah to i get that but the and, completionist in me is like no i'm gonna finish these now because no that's it like, and the first one it, it, it had a purpose just like okay i get what these are and then none of the rest of them did What's the last one again? Because Joker Harley's next. What's the that, last one? That is the Joker last Harley. One. Week after that is the is the wedding. Yeah. There's only five. I thought there was six. No, there's five. Just five. Okay, fair enough. Okay, there's one yeah. more. <laughs> fair enough. Yeah. Uh, so, 
yeah, so this was the one that I was definitely looking forward to the least, and it, it wasn't a bad issue per se. You know, it was it was written well oh, enough. Yes. Yeah, I just I didn't care. I'm sitting there reading it on vacation, going, huh, "I should have read something else." Is, right is, is, is Bizarro dumb yet? No, he's still smart. Well, it was, it. Yeah, it was AI Bizarro, right? It was like an AI Bizarro he was talking oh, to. Oh, oh, is that one? Yeah, yeah. The the, the ship he built as an AI. And I do yeah. like so. Part of Anarchy's plan is he's going to get a bunch of these anti-feminists, and then uh, Artemis is like, oh, anti-feminists, I'll go deal with them. And Jason's like, no, I don't need you causing a bigger scene. I got this. So it kind of it made me like Artemis. I mean, besides her wielding a ginormous axe. Yeah, and of course, like, Jason does the honorable thing. He actually he, he diffuses the situation by like paying everyone to go home oh. with all the money that he charged Bruce for protecting Selena. But and then the joke at the end is that Batman calls him and says, "Hey, Serena caught you. She she saw you in the distance. So you, I want a refund. I want my 150 grand back." Yeah. Yep. So. Yeah, yeah, but I doubt Bruce will be like, "Oh, you have to charities? Okay." Oh yeah, Red, right off. Yeah, Red Hood. Yeah. Red Hood ain't going to pay him back. We know that much. No, of course. I still, man, Red Hood could be such a great character in different hands because I still <laughs> like the idea of him as he's kind of the Punisher of the DCU and he brings that up he's like yeah i am batman's like cleanup guy like i do mm. things he doesn't want to acknowledge that it's, i do it's what he should be but he doesn't yeah, do that at any exactly. point and so i, I feel I like Seely, if Seely wanted to take over that's the one way that, i would probably read that, that does remind me apparently there's a big shake-up in red hood for the solicits that, that i've yeah. to mention He's no. getting a, a whole new team. You, you know, that we're, we're dropping Bizarro and Artemis. He's getting a new look, which I haven't seen because Newsarama had some trouble posting their covers uh, mm. with with the article, so I didn't actually see the covers. Uh-huh. Um, um, he does talk about too what what is Red Hood, and I like that idea. So is is he a, a a dead guy come back to life? Is he an alias for the Joker? You know, does he work for Batman? Does he work against Batman? It played up with that. Like he has a people know who Red Hood is, uh, but mm. yeah, I just feel he's been in Lovedale's hands for far too long. And normally, I hate Jason Todd. Like he is the worst Robin. He's one of the worst members of the Bat family. Oh, by far, he is the worst. Yeah, but but there's there's something there with him. Like under Tinian, he became readable. So I just feel like it needs a little bit of a change up. I say we kill him off again and re- replace him with Kite Man as the as a surrogate Bat <laughs> family member. I'll read that. And he can have a he bat-shaped becomes, kite. <laughs> yeah, well, he becomes the Red Hood. Like, it's, it's passed on to him, you know? No, I still want to be Kate Man. Uh, red, red Hood, hell yeah. Yeah? Kate Man, hell yeah. Do you know what? I was actually... So I, was, I, was joking, I was joking on Twitter this week with uh, Talking Superman. Because actually, yeah. this is something we didn't mention in the news. I should bring this up. Uh, I, I, I think it's Superman issue 3. Bendis Superman Extra 3 is mm-hmm. bringing into comics for the first time Nuclear Man from Superman 4 The Quest for Peace. Oh, snap! Right, and it's kind of kind of cool. It's kind of you know it's silly but fun and right. But we're we're talking about things from you know coming in from movies and TV that, ha- that haven't been in the comics. And yeah. I jokingly said the better never bring Balloon Man in from from Gotham. And he responded with, "Yeah, but Balloon Man versus Kite Man that sounds like a fight worth seeing." And I went, "You know what? <laughs> that ain't too bad. Wrong. He's not wrong. <laughs> that ain't too bad." <laughs> I just how is how is Nuclear Man any different than uh, like Neutron or any of those because nuclear he, powered? He's got poisonous fingernails or something oh. like that. It wasn't poisonous. Yeah, I haven't seen Quest for Peace since I was like radioactive. Six. Maybe radioactive is probably what it is. Well, then he's, yeah, then he's 
you know, uh, what's his name from Flash, uh, Fallout. Yeah. You Do know? you know what, the best, the, the best I would go back and watching Quest for Peace now, if you've not seen it in a long time, is you've probably forgotten how much it has people breathing and talking in space. Yeah. At one point, Nuclear Man yeah. grabs the love interest of the movie, not Lois, like the other one who's like at the planet, even though Lois is still there, and he drags her into space, and she's kicking and screaming in space. Fine. Yeah, and I like, would be too, I'm in bloody space. Yeah. <laughs> no, you wouldn't. That reminds me of, uh, I forget where it was, it might have been one of Tomasi's guy runs, either Green Lantern Corps or Emerald Knights, but he's, a guy takes a guy, or takes a a hood to go, uh, like, like, interrogate, and he brings them right to the line of the planet where the atmosphere stops, and lifts them up so he can't breathe, and is like, brings them back down. That's kind of funny. Are you going to talk? That's kind of funny. And the guy's like, you can't, yeah. He goes, no, I'm not going to talk to any of you green guys. It's basically... Goes, All right. And he throws it's, them back it's really up. really extreme waterboarding. And that's what it is, yeah. It's basically just dunking someone's head in water. That is yeah. just a bit more extreme. Um, yeah. So, yeah, let's rate the book then. So, uh, what, what were we on? Uh, Prelude to the Wedding. What are you thinking, yeah. Matt? Uh, this is a 6.5. It's nothing special. I can't give it anything over that. I think the point five, Jerry. I will be 6. So 6. There you go. There you go, there you 6. Go. Forgettable. It's not a defensive read by any means, but whatever. All right. Uh, we'll move on to Green Lanterns number 49. And that is Aaron Gillespie, uh, Roger Antonio on the art. This is the second part of uh, the two-part fill-in, which we hated the first issue of. We're just finishing it for the sake of finish. This will probably be a quick conversation. Uh, alien millionaire dude who owns a hotel uh, has technology that makes people go nuts and kill people. That's what happened to Jessica. Hal is dead set on arresting her, and then immediately, never even thinks, oh, maybe something influenced her, and then finds out, oh, okay, it was this, fair enough, you're free to go, blah, 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 at the end. Okay, we're done. Here's the thing. <laughs> Had they opened the story with that, instead of trying to keep it a secret, this would have read so much better. I think... like It still would have felt like she was entirely out of character, though. And that's fine. Yeah. But then when you find out in this issue, like, oh, they have a thing that uses sound waves to manipulate people to send them into a rage. Like well, My problem is is that like I'm okay with the mystery and not finding it until later why it happened, but I don't even feel like the, the, the last issue clearly explained what she did. Like, yeah, if they, if they showed us her going nuts and killing people, and be like, oh, why, why did this happen? And she's like, I don't know why I did that. I have to go and figure it out and clear, clear my name. Exactly. That would have been fine, but that's not what we had. And then and then the cheap uh, cliffhanger of Simon coming in and then tackling her, and was like, oh no, I'm on your side. And I was like, whoa. Yeah, I know. Then why'd you tackle her? Exactly. Well, she even like, says that. Just like, why, what was with the spear? Like, he's like, oh, sorry, I got excited. And yeah, I was just like, okay, I'm glad this is over. I will never read anything Aaron Gillespie does. If his name shows up, he's banned. Well, like, no, th- th- this is the thing. Simon doesn't even address that. You know, she goes, uh, you know, he goes, oh, spearing me through a dock is a weird way to show it. Yeah. You know, referring to him yeah. being here to help. Yeah. And he just goes, oh, you thought I was here to slap cuffs on you after all we've been through? That stings deep. Then like, why did you Because spear- she's even and attacked her. Yeah. Doesn't make sense. It actually why makes no sense. Think that? It, 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 yeah. This is bad writing. Uh, it's overly wordy. It's a shorty read through. Uh, I mean, the art's, you know, fine. It's Roger Antonio. He's, he's okay. Yeah, yeah. I can't yeah. about the art. There's nothing good, so, nothing bad. I almost wish that they'd used the, what was it, the annual story out of... Um, yeah, the annual story was good. That was a great one-shot uh, yeah, story. Out of Diggle, like, as these last two issues. Yeah, just split that in half. Yeah, do well, that yeah. Do you know what's really annoying to me as well is 
this was solicited as a story about her ring, right? And you know, we we got that tease towards the end of the run, and I thought that's what we were getting here. And nope, then no. they kind of just mentioned at the end, oh yeah, Hal, the ring. And he's like, oh, I'll I'll stall the guardians for a bit, and we'll figure it out. And then he just flies off. That's it. Yeah, she's like, oh yeah, changing it with willpower. Sound familiar? And he's like, all right, fair enough. Yeah, I'm guilty. Um, but, uh, my bad. I, I, yeah, you're you're right. This whole ring is one I made out of willpower myself. Remember? Remember when we thought the worst this series was was the Red Lanterns? I would read the Red Lantern. The Red that, Lantern. That was boring, but it wasn't yeah. bad. Like yeah, it, was it wasn't crap. offensive at all. Exactly. Um, all right, well, let's wrap this up because Matt, Matt may have to leave uh, before we finish mm-hmm. the show. So the interest of getting through the books that he's read before yeah. before that happens, let's just move swiftly on. So Matt, what would you give yeah. this issue? Oh, this is a four point five, and that's only for the art. I did not like the story at all. Connor, uh, three point five. I'm going three. Wow! Three out of ten. I it's a bad, it. It's a bad book. Here's the thing: like art, art could drag it up a bit, but if the story's absolute garbage and I hated reading it, then yeah. it's not going to drag you, it up that guys, much. So, you guys ever fallen asleep with your eyes open? I did that reading this. <laughs> I, I can't read say I have. Gym, I was tired. I'm, I have my iPad. I'm can't. looking at it, and then just bonk. Yeah, Ow. yeah. It's to me. But hey, uh, so. Let's, let's move on. Let's move on to Aquaman number 37, Dan Abnett writing Ricardo Federici on the art. In fact, the first thing I want to say about this, because obviously, you know, uh, they, they, they got to Wrath at the end of the last issue. Oh, shit, he's a giant monster. So we kind of kick off there. And, uh, you know, obviously we love Cedric on the book, and Federici's been doing a yeah. top job of kind of keeping the sort of style that he established. But I really, I was reading this issue, and I was like, you know what? I really like his art. He's, he's doing a really yeah. good job with this, this Wrath monster stuff, and... Um, I, I felt a little overly scratchy at times. I mean, look at that first page, all the, all the, the cross hatching on Aquaman, especially. So I was very, uh, I don't know, I'm, I'm a bit sick of cross hatching after New 52. <laughs> yeah, <that's laughs> all right, okay, that's fair enough. But uh, it, it is pretty good in general, but that did stand out to me that it seems worse than usual in this issue, or at least I noticed it more. Um,. Oh yeah, there's a bit of cross section there. I, I'm talking more about the the I, I like the the monsters. I think the coloring, especially all these purples and reds. He rips off uh, Orm's arm, or Mark's arm rather. Not, not Orm, Mark. Yeah, yeah, Mark. Yeah. No, uh, I think the the coloring has been fantastic, given yes. this really muted palette. Yeah, it's, it's really. I love the mix of colors and bringing in these 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 purples and reds and stuff to, to mix mix things up. And, and then when you get to the the ghosts, they they yep. just glow and yeah, they stand that, out so much against the really muted palette. It's really pretty. Yeah. I, I think it's working so well for the book. It's really adding a lot to it. And uh, obviously the, the the ghosts, the uh, what are they called the the elders. Uh, yep. They don't want to interfere. They're like, no, because we're bound to whoever's king. We can't interfere. But by the end of the issue, it's like, oh no, Wrath is actually because he's accepted the darkness, the you know the, the dark energy. He's not actually king, so, so yeah, we can, yeah, we can help. Uh, because well, also, like, go ahead. There you go. There you go, Matt. Oh no, I like the abysmal dark has become almost a character. Like that's what I was. Just... That's actually just what I was going to say. Is uh, okay. It starts yeah. talking to him, and it's actually no. You want to build a new Atlantis? The the, the foundation's corrupt. You have to destroy it all first, and that's kind of uh-huh. you know it sets up wrath for. And I like that it's been this force that's been against Atlantis from the beginning, and that's why they locked it away. And again, it's Abnett playing with the mythology, and I never mm. thought like we would get like he talked about picking up the John stuff with the seven, you know, what was it? The, the seven seas kingdom of the seven seas or whatever. Yeah. yeah. And I feel like this is leading right to that. Like where oh, yeah, we that's, have, that's finally coming. Yes. <laughs> yeah. We, we have, we have Zebel at play with the Mara book and I think, we have I think we're getting that in, in justice league, to be honest. Yeah. Eh? If that's what it is and that's the hidden force. Yeah, that's fine. You know, one yeah. of the seven forces. Awesome. Um, 
So we have uh, one of my favorite pages actually is when it's when they're talking to the elders and they hear something coming behind them, and King's just like dolphin, you know, cast some light, and it's just her like beams of light, and you just see uh, yeah. what's his cadaver who's like really mutated at this point coming towards them. Uh, it's just a great looking page. I love it. Yeah. Uh, I was like one of the small touches I've noticed lately with this book that I do like is whenever they're talking, you get the little bubbles come out of their mouth. Yeah, and it's really consistent in, in mm-hmm. doing yeah. that, and I, I'm, I'm quite a fan. That's a, that's a nice touch. Um, I hope the Aquaman movie somehow pulls Does this something off. with that. Yeah. yeah. That'd be nice. That'd be, that'd be really nice. Uh, like I say, all the, all the purples is, is Rath ex- accepting the, the, the darkness. He's like, yes, yes, I will destroy Atlantis, blah, blah, blah. It's in the whole thing. Uh, and there's this debate because obviously Arthur, instead of staying to try and fight Rathmore, he, he brings Merc to safety. He take, you know brings him back. And mm-hmm. he gets criticised. You know, he's a soldier. He'd understand sacrifice. You know, to 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 fight the bad guys. Like, no, like, but he's more powerful than we were expecting. I was expecting to fight wrath, not monster super not a monster wrath. Yeah. So, uh, so we have the actually again speaking of the art. I think some of the close ups when she when he's talking to the uh, the the widowhood member, mm-hmm. like that's some just really good face panels. I thought. Yeah. I was into it. No, I don't know it looks that. good. Even even yeah, the the it's got five panels and they're all stacked. Yeah. Uh, it's very cinematic that way. Like even like there's a line of action and everything. Yeah, the ratio is very. It's, it's very you know cinema ratio. Those panels yeah. Yeah, going down the page. I like it. Yeah, back and forth. It's nice. Uh, and that's when like, yeah, cadaver's head get cut off. The elders you know realized they could intervene and slaughtered yep. it. And King Got Sharks. It. King Sharks basically turned on, but he's like, yeah, you oh, should have seen it. It was great. Oh, they, they, they massacred them. It was great. Oh. Violence. When we talk about secondary books, I would love a. Not Aquaman, but like, and like, uh, I'm trying to think of something like the world of Atlantis, where we get like Dolphin and King Shark and yeah, I, I think Atlantis. I think like a, a Dolphin and Co book set down the ninth trade down yeah. in the, the slums of Atlantis yeah. would be a fun little book. Yeah. A whole lot of fun. Like I like these. I that's what it. I've I've come out of this the most is I like Aquaman supporting cast, and anytime you have a book that mm-hmm. can do that, like Johns as Flash had done that uh, back when he got back into comics. It really put them on the forefront, and I feel Abnett's doing the same here. Yeah, I actually, I think surprisingly, this this last chunk of Aquaman since like you know the, the issue twenty ish, I'd say, is probably my favorite. I've I've had time I've had reading Aquaman, and I love Johnsy stuff, and I, I liked uh, Parker yeah. stuff after that. But I think this is probably my favorite. Yeah, uh, because it feels yeah, like it. it's its own section of the world. Yeah, it's not just Aquaman. It's 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 all of Atlantis, and I felt like that Johns was always just focused on on Arthur. And... I think yeah, that's the difference. It's not an Aquaman book; it's an Atlantis book. Yeah, 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 and I like that. Um, I get even that page when because uh, Wrath shows up again to like fight Aquaman and stuff, and uh, he pulls out the trident out of his chest. I love that panel. It's just two thirds of a page when he pulls it out, and there's just this, this stream of red. Uh, the colors are just working so much for me. Um, yeah. But yeah, so uh, yeah, we end with the, he's coming to fight Aquaman. Looks like he's getting beat, and we're yeah, definitely know. Orm and Mera are showing up as the cavalry. In next week's Mera, I'm calling it now. Uh, and then I, I can gonna see. Have heel turn. I can see the end of next Mera ending with them coming towards Atlantis, maybe yeah. or something like that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean, and then Zeb will have its heel turn, and they'll decide to attack Atlantis, and then that gets everybody in Atlantis on the same side. Uh, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, so no, really digging Aquaman right now. So it's actually, I'm, I'm impressed with how much that book's risen up, but yeah. it, it fills me with hope for Titans because I feel like we're maybe heading towards a better direction with that. 
And yeah. Yeah. It'd be interesting to see if we are heading towards the end of this run. Because mm. obviously we got some rumours about who might be taking over. Or, that is you know, true. It was supposed and to be August. Worth mentioning, Kelly Sue DeConnick was at the DC Writers Summit this week. Hey. Yeah. So she's definitely involved on something. And, it, and, and I don't think it's just that one book. It's not that black label, you know, graphic no, novel. No, I don't think that's enough to be at the summit. Um, yeah. Because that's out of continuity as well, I assume. It's, it's yeah. be, especially because uh, so, the summits, yeah, it's all about continuity. But the other thing is, is when someone asked, is that Kelly Sue DeConnick, you know, doing a book at DC? Mm-hmm. And she retweeted that with a comment. It was just the little smiley face with the eyes, like, mm, maybe, yeah. you know. Yeah. Yeah, and I think, and I think it was in, in the solicits as well, it's the. the the last two months, so uh, August, September, it's yeah. this crossover with Suicide Squad, and that was another book That's that was right. to be ending or sh- sh- swapping writer. Yeah, it does kind of feel like it's a just killing time to the books are done crossover. Yeah. Maybe this is the true end of Abnett's run, but then he's got like a few sort of small stories just to, you know. Yeah. I, I feel like so, that yeah. might be the case. Yeah. Uh, well, that's cool. That's cool. Uh, so, so no. Uh, so, what would you rate Aquaman uh, out of ten, Matt? Oh, this is a seven point five. Uh, the art, the story, everything's great. All right, uh, Connor. Yeah, seven point five. It's really solid. Um, oh, we bumped Actually, I was really into this yeah. this, this issue. Um, obviously, we had that one misstep with the the arm. Oh, not the arm. Sorry, I keep saying arm instead of other characters. The wrath yeah. flashback. Uh, that that yeah. issue was like a weak ass. Yeah, but that always filler. that always felt like a filler. Yeah. It, no, it absolutely was. It was. Yeah. Oh shit, we weren't ready for the next issue. Yeah. Quick, do something else. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, that I, I really like this issue. So eight out of ten for me. All right, well, that'll take us on to Brave and the Bold, Batman and Wonder Woman, issue five, uh, Liam Sharp, writing and art. Uh, so I, I, I'm not reading this, you two are, so take it mm-hmm. away. Yeah, so we start to get the, you know, it's issue five out of six, so the story is starting to come to a head. But we're starting to get some answers. Yeah, and one of the main answers that we get is that this was an inside job. Everything yeah. that we've seen thus far is... Done by I'm, oh man, I'm slipping on the name. Uh, Elena. Uh, King Elena. Uh, so I kept wondering how the ties to Gotham, with the old man like finding like the weird silver and the gold and whatnot. You find out that the um, Fomorians and the Dedanin figured out that through these metal trinkets they could send them through to. Yeah. And that, that became the story of leprechauns as well. Like, yeah. You know, the the exactly. idea of these little bits of gold that could mm-hmm. be sent through. Right, and that if if little bits of gold can be, then why if gold's or gold or silver is attached to somebody, why couldn't they make the jump through? And this would, if if they could knock down the veil between the worlds, then they wouldn't be stuck in this constant cycle of war and then forget and then war and forget and all of yeah, this. Yeah, they could, they could be free. Yeah, and so it ends up tying into to whatever was going on in Gotham was created by Aleta, so they could, he could in that veil. And, yeah, he, and he, he got through. out, essentially. So essentially, so, he faked his own death by switching bodies with somebody in Gotham. Uh, yeah. And that the, you know, Wonder Woman's kind of, she's she smoothed it over the Fomorians of the Denon and talking to uh, King Makol and uh, Kernunos, Sernunos, however you pronounce it. Canada. I always remember, you know, and then in the month, that happened. Yeah, I, I think it's Kanonos. All right, so Batman goes and talks to the kid that they, the Fomorians had all tried to blame for the death of Aletha, and he basically says, like, I did it, I finally done it, and those aren't the words of a dying man. Yeah, you know? and, and he says, um, what was it, uh, to do with the Lord? What was his last yeah. words? 
Uh, he's to thank the Lord. And yeah, thank the Lord. That that makes no sense because they don't believe in the Christian God. They believe in uh, Danu. Danu and the Morrigan, yeah. Yeah, and the Morrigan. So it doesn't add up. So they figure out that Aletha has done all this to help his people get out of this slump. Even though uh, Kanunos is the ferryman between the worlds, he can't take them, you know. Uh, and this would subvert that. But it also opens up the gate to the Alcyon Balor. Uh, yeah, and, and, and that's, that's how we Morgans. end the issue with yeah. you know, the, the veil opening, the worlds becoming one, you know, the, the sea parting, and him marching through with his army. Yep, and we, we have, um, you know, Fane McCall. You know, going to face him as they've done. Yeah, that, Batman's going back to Earth to to, yep. to to try and get some answers on that end and sort it out with with uh, Alea. Yep. And Wonder Woman stayed with with Finn to yep. to face the army, and, and it's a and, pretty exciting ending. Yeah, because how we saw that Alea had done this was he had taken the the silver arm, yep. and in order to open up the portal, he essentially cut off his arm, stuck the silver arm on his, and broke that veil. Yeah, uh, that was that was a pretty metal moment, I thought. Yeah, and it was the idea of you know harming himself as as a king yep. is so sinful that yep. no one had ever considered doing it before, which is exactly. why you know this was never a ne- never had happened before this. Right, and so will this upset the delicate balance of of you know of Celtic mythology and whatnot? Yeah. I'm just excited that we got to see full on Balor, and it looks like we're gonna get the Finn McCall stuff. It does, and know. you know it's. It's really playing with the, with the mythology. You know, it's all um, from Elaita's narration this time. Right. And talking about how, you know, he did it. And was it selfish? Maybe. Should he have considered, you know, the, the consequences? Maybe. But even if he had, he probably would have done yeah. the same thing anyway because he was getting desperate. Yeah. And he's not doing it for his own reasons. He's doing it for that of his people. He, he and, does believe he's doing the right thing ultimately. Yeah. But that's ultimately the lie. Is that anything that you put up that I'm doing for others... Is really for yourself. That's how you explain it. And uh, so Sharp, he just—it's great. Like the story, his art's even oh, even there better. Are some phenomenal panels in this. There's yeah. one with a uh, Batman and Wonder Woman stood on the edge of the the wall, and the, yep. they've got the capes billowing, and mm-hmm. you got all the, the the fur around the necks that they've yep. been having in this book. And oh my yeah. god, it's gorgeous. Even even Aletha in Gotham, the way he's he towers like, over everyone. Yeah, everybody. So it gives them this larger than life feel. And you know what this means for, you know, yeah. people, going people forward. Like to his waist for, for mm-hmm. reference. Uh, he, yeah. He's huge. Yeah. Uh, and just even uh, Canunos and Keon McCool, like it just it looks Honestly, all great. The, the opening panel. There's a, there's been a lot of you know the, the Celtic knots you know throughout all yep. the, the as a border pieces, mm-hmm. but the opening panel it's just Wonder Woman surrounded by some of these patterns and it's just gorgeous. Yep. Like you know, I, every month I, I open this book, I look at it and go, "That's why I love this book." I don't even have yep. to read anything yet. I just see that and go, "Yep, this is why I read." I read it. Yep. And oh man, she looks great on that cover too. Just she has this look of, of worry because the Fomorians and the Dadanen are going to start fighting again, and like yeah. she like, "Can't we just have peace just for a moment?" You know, is her tone. But yeah, it's oh man, this book's so good. Really is. Rate it. So what would you... Yeah, go ahead. Uh, I give it um, 8.5, but a, re- a really strong 8.5. Yeah, I agree with that. Really strong 8.5. Cool. 
Cool. All right. Uh, well, moves on. It moves on to Batwoman number sixteen, which Matt promised he was going to read with me, and he didn't. Uh, yeah. So was on my own. Uh, this was much better than the last couple of issues. It, it's not necessarily turned me around where I wish it wasn't ending, but it was mostly one action sequence of Batman shows up, and he basically is like, "Okay, like you've tried to be your sister, Kate, but she clearly belongs in Arkham. She's on that job, right?" And Kate's like, no, don't put her in there. Like, she'll never be Beth again. Like, you know, we have to, like, you know, treat her differently. Like, Arkham's a prison now. It's not a hospital anymore. Not really. And basically, she disses him and tries to fight him back. Uh, and Batman tries to chase her. And there's, there's a fun motorbike chase where Batman's, like, grappling on. And she, like, batarangs the cable and, uh, you know, puts him down. Uh, and ultimately, like, he kind of ends up letting her away with it. And kind of agreeing in the end. But he says this is strike two. He's like, Clayface was strike one. And I'm like, okay, so that kind of tied in. I wasn't expecting that. Because uh, I wasn't really sure when some of this was set in terms of detective. Because yeah. it's not like in this book she ever had her bat symbol off and was the other right. version of her. It was, it was kind of strange in that way. Uh, but it was mostly an action scene. And the art, the, the layouts were quite fun for the action. So uh, it was an easier read than it was. The last couple, I think, were a bit of a chore to get through. Whereas this one flowed a lot better. It was a lot quicker to get through. So, on that front, it was, you know, it was just, it was fine. I saw a uh, panel on Reddit Mm -hmm. where she had weaponized the sound of the gunshot. Yes. I'm I'm not going to read this. Like, I don't have time. She actually, when Batman's hunting her, she's like, okay, I've got a weakness for Bruce. And she actually plays a recording of the same gun, the same gun making model that killed his parents and it makes them pause, and I'm like, this is kind of stupid. <laughs> That's yeah. That's so stu- so I was like, you know, I can finish John's Flash book three, where I can read Batwoman. Uh, I went with the John's Flash three, and it made me cry, so I feel like, you know, it still has those emotional peaks. That so that's, actually, gonna- that's actually finished the arc, so there's two issues left, so it's like a two-part yeah. or two one-shots to wrap it up. Uh, I might come back. For those two, that I just couldn't anymore with the story arc. Like it, it started so much fun, and I liked all that stuff with the island. But man, honestly, because the core idea of this issue is actually much more interesting. It's like the the, the debate between Batman and Batwoman, whether or not Alice should just go into into Arkham, yeah. and she sees that as giving up, so she wants to fight that. Like that's a, as a core dispute to focus on for an issue. That is mm-hmm. a fine idea. It just it comes yeah. at the end of this arc, which has mostly been kind of a chore to get through. So yeah, you know. But the action of it that was kind of fun. So I think overall, if I'm rating the book, I'd, I'd probably give it like a like a six point five, kind of in there, right? Okay. Uh, this issue itself is not bad, but it just it comes at the end of a a, a string of issues that I wasn't particularly fond of. Uh, so that is that is as uh, Batwoman. Uh, so we're right at the punishment issues. Then I'm letting Connor go first because he can show me how it's done. How how he does his corner's corner. Yeah. Cause, oh yeah, because because I haven't been doing it for the past. Because Connor, Connor's corner, corner of course, is a tier on Patreon where people can make Connor read a book once per month uh, of their choosing, a DC book, of course. And this is actually uh, he's been doing this with Red Hood Netlist for a while, but now a second patron has now up their up their pledge to the tier where they can make Connor read a book. So their choice. So Red Hood's coming next week. Their choice was Curse of Brimstone. So obviously we did issue one when it came out. So Connor's doing the Curse of Brimstone issue two by Justin Justin Jordan and Philip Tan. So take it away, Connor. Yeah, it's still shite. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, this this is uh, the exposition issue, which is kind of worse. 
That's right, because obviously the, the first issue, just from memory, it was like, this town's really shitty, he wants to get away, everyone's trying to save up money to leave, and he gets the deal from the guy to like become the brimstone, right? Yeah, yeah, and it opens with like these flashes, It's like it looks like he's dreaming of him destroying the town as brimstone, and then he wakes up, and it's it's kind of real, like half the city was destroyed, the, these fires just kind of started, then they went out, and then it snowed, so there's like all this snow and ash everywhere, which should make a great like location right but But, you barely see it it doesn't use it at all like it's just like little bits here or there doesn't utilize that at all and i said the the strongest part of the first issue was probably the arc because i'm i'm generally a philip tan fan i think he's he's pretty reliable Mm -hmm. yeah no not as necessarily a standout but he's solid um but yeah this is basically him telling i think it's his his sister uh, i think uh, yeah, pretty sure it is. And he's like, "Oh yeah, this happened." And he's like, "Oh, do you do you believe me?" And this is you know, he he gets a bit worked up and he sets the curtain on fire with his hand. And she's like, "Well, yeah, there's fires all over everywhere. You just you, your bed's in, in ashes because you did that in your sleep. You've just set a curtain on fire in front of me because I believe you, you dick." <laughs> An and, actual and then, dialogue, I'm sure. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> Paraphrasing. It's not. not. <laughs> you know, I'm paraphrasing a little. Um, but yeah, so, so they're like, "Well, we should look into this." And uh, you know, I'm sure. I'm, you know, he tells her about the the salesman. That's what he was called, the guy who who did the offer. And it's like, well, let's look it up. Um, turns out there's a subreddit for this sort of stuff because, of course, there is. And they actually say that, and they bold subreddit so that I know that they're talking about Reddit. Uh, Talk about subreddits in my comic book. That's fun. Yeah, yeah, they're talking about it, and they're like, "Oh yeah, this this thread talks about a town in Oklahoma where you know something like your thing, a freak weather incidents, at least officially, but rumors that are conspiracy theories that it's actually worse, and it's you know they're destroyed in all these different ways. One of them got like really overgrown, swampy. One of them got flooded. One of them got frozen. You know, all, all the the usual stuff. And he's like, so, and they're like, "Oh, we can't let this happen." And he's like, "I think it's too late. I think it already is happening." Uh, then we get the the blizzard woman comes and kidnaps the, the, the his dad. She's called the Hound, apparently. Which huh. she's she's not as good as that Hound. Don't, don't I was gonna say does does she eat chicken? Like there is not chicken. a chicken reference. No. All right, dang it. No, that's very disappointing. But yeah, yeah, you have the salesman's like, oh yeah, your your son's failed into one of his contracts, so we're going to involve you, and they they phone. Um, him and and the the sister like all the phones in the area around them just start ringing and it's like uh, and he, he's talking to her specifically he's like oh yeah no your father's already told me a lot about you it's like um you're gonna have to you know you you gotta destroy the town and do what you promised do you fulfill your end of the, the bargain or i'm gonna kill your dad and i'm not sure what the point is like why he wants all the towns destroyed he just kind of goes around and does it and then he seems to recruit them into his army you know like they become his soldiers afterwards uh and it ends with the hound and brimstone in their big elemental forms fighting each other fire versus ice you know so it's some nice art here and the sister driving a car with them yeah it sounds like that would look nice giant fire and ice things it's a little you know, murky because they're they're not very well designed. They're kind of just these big black things with blue mm. or red. It sounds like New Fifty Two art to me. <laughs> mm-hmm. It sounds like a New Fifty Two book. Nicer than, than in general, 
than that, but it's it's worse than most of the New 52 books, I'd say. Because okay. this is just a lot of exposition about, oh yeah, oh. this happens all the time. He goes around and does all this. We're just the next one. And I'm like, I don't care. Uh, yeah. Uh, For those of you that don't know, the reason why this book was picked by Tyler who picked it is because Connor said after reading the first issue, I'm never reading any more of this. So Connor should le- learn to, you know, you know, watch what he says. Because it could be used yeah. as ammunition in return. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Uh, you've got you've got something equally shy to read. So well, what's your it? rating? You have to rate the book. Uh, oh, yep, yep, so yep. three point five again, uh, similar to the the Green Lanterns pair. Yeah, some of the art's nice. Philip Tanzer, you know, he did, did a lot of Green Lantern issues in the past. So. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. Uh, similarly, same as Connor's tier, I have uh, Peter's pick or lack thereof. Uh, so that 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 is for me. Uh, Hawk and Dove issue one from the New Fifty Two, uh, written by Sterling Gates, art by Rob Layfield. Um, I so so yeah. That, that's just something. This, this is the real reason Matt hasn't left yet. He, he wants to stick around and hear this. That's exactly why. Joe the Flight is is between the pause before we we came on back to I think uh, Brave and the Bold. I said, oh Matt, do you need to leave soon? You know, we, we could yeah. get get your last book out and then you could leave. He's like, no, I can stick around for twenty minutes or so. We, we could we could finish the show. Um, so this is so random. Like yours are like specific things you hate, and but I, I, you know I, I've been very careful. I've not given anyone any hints of what I would hate, right? So this is just such a random thing that I never thought I'd read. You know, I never mentioned it before. Just is that, a notably bad thing. I've yes. never I've never spoken about Hawk yeah. and Dove from the New Fifty Two, but here here I am. I'm going to be talking about. I'm going to get it up because hell if I can remember it very well, even though I read oh, yeah, it I was last. Through mine clearly. So, so here's like, the oh, thing. Yeah. Sterling Gates is capable of good stuff. His oh, yes. run on Supergirl, so good. Like, yeah. I don't think the rating per se is that bad. Honestly, it's just not. Yeah, I just hate it's. It's. It kind of feels like they wanted a Hawk and Dove book, so they grabbed someone and put them on it. But it's not really like there's got a direction. Yeah. There's no. Nope. Like this is what the book's going to be. Yeah. yeah. I'm writing this because I had this great idea. So no, no, they wanted the Hawk and Dove book for their 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 Young Justice section of this. Because remember they had all the corners with the yep. books because they needed to make up fifty two bloody titles. Yes. Yeah, and, and Hawk had just came back. Hank Hall had just come back via Blackest Night. So, you know, yeah, he, yeah. he was relevant. And Rob Layfield is just a really frustrating artist because. There's some panels that are fine. There's some panels where I'm like, oh, that's a good angry face. He does angry faces, not bad. Right, and then you'll get a, a face of concern, and it looks like a, a, a sex doll, and it's like yeah. The, the problem is you can't do a story of just angry faces. Exactly, you can't. Um, you know, Hawk, Hawk gritting his teeth looks quite good, and then Dove looking like t- you know scared because you know we start off and it's an action scene in a plane. Uh, there's this like you know evil scientist who's trying to like you know manipulate the powers that be so that he, he can get into power and stuff. He's kind of like a science scientist terrorist kind of character, and He's, there's a plane that's mentioned in the news uh, allegedly there's a cargo plane that's been taken over by uh, his command so Hawk and Dove are on the plane and they're, they're fighting the bad guys these, these zombie-esque looking assholes and Hank, Hank's upset because Dove is not kind of coming back to help him but what she's actually doing is she's underneath the plane holding it up trying to get it to not hit the Washington Monument right? the plane's heading for mm-hmm. that um, and she, she clips it she tries to get it away but she clips it uh, and it's a bit of a disaster because the book's kind of split into two halves the first half is this big action sequence of the plane going towards that and the, the, the edge of the, the wing just sort of clips it and it's like oh shit oh well and then this character shows up 
who is the most 90s looking asshole in terms of comic books because he, he's in like a business mm-hmm. suit and a trench coat but he's got these sunglasses that are super thin and it's like so Rob mm-hmm. Liefeld like it's, it's, it's so Rob Liefeld is 90s comic books if there was any more Liefeld there would be pouches everywhere yeah he's uh, what's his name here uh, Washi Watanabe from the DCPD and he's here to like, you know talk to them. And there's one point where he turns around and it's look it's like he's looking back at us, the audience, the camera, and he's got this smirk as he's talking to them. And it just it feels so I don't know. Oh. <laughs> right? It just yeah. oh. That's, 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 I could describe it. Uh and then then it gets into kind of some of the character stuff, the backstory. Um Hank's kinda like he's pissed that he's he's having to work with, with you know, with with this new dove. He's, he's oh but my brother Don, he was better. You know, Don with the O is supposed to Don, who's the current dove, with the D-A-W-N. And yeah. it's like, oh, he was better, we were close. And the whole the whole thing, uh, and she, you know, and Don's actually dating dead man right now, and that's going on, and she's confiding in him, and she's like, oh, he can, you know, Hank can never know about me and his brother Don. You know, he can never know that. Like, because Hank's like, oh, like, why, why this random girl? Why is she the new dove? But it's not actually that random, right? There was a thing between her and Don. You know, Don and Don. So they're setting up that stuff. It's the whole thing. There's a quick flashback to how they got the powers. Now I'm not super familiar with Hawking Dove. I don't know how, what their original origin is, but it kind of sounds like they got trapped in a room and they just yelled for like, "I I want the power to get out of here." And then the ominous presence went, "Power! You wish for power? Here, have power." Also, <laughs> Matt, I was disappointed because you said that I was going to be hearing the phrase. Order of yeah. peace and order of chaos. It's not actually right. that. It's order of peace and order of war that it's said yeah. a few times. So that that came from when they were on Birds of Prey, written by go. uh Gail Simone. Yes. And these two they run into my head so so much because they're so close to each I've other. I've read that Birds of Prey. So, I, I, yeah. I hadn't remembered that, but I, I have read it. Yep. So. So, so yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's not the worst thing ever in terms of the writing. Like, this, no. The story is not the worst thing ever. It's just kind of, well, it's just kind of pointless. Right. It gets worse as it goes on because yep. you say it's got no direction now. It gets mm-hmm. to the point where it's just scrambling. Yeah, and the yeah. hell was that? <laughs> Chaos. Duck and a flipping bird just trying to fly into my window. Who we? They heard you insulting their kind. They're like, oh, we can't have this. Doves and hawks being. What? I already this. don't like birds as it is, so that was terrifying. <laughs> yeah, so uh, th- there's a big cliffhanger. This is that there's an evil-looking version of uh, of Hawk shows up and attacks a zombie at a, at a fountain. It's like Hawk's costume, but it's like gold and yellow. It's kind of like you know how the the, the the Wolverine outfit that's the gold version, like yeah. it's, it's like brown and gold or whatever. Yeah. Uh, it's like it's like that color scheme, but for Hawk, and it's like, uh, but to me, you smell like dinner. You smell like hawk and dove and then next it just says questions and answers and avatars i'm so excited i can't wait there you, there you go i can't wait it's uh yeah hank's an asshole he's just always angry he's, he's like shitty guy gardener i'm not having it he's worse he doesn't yeah. even have the charm yeah guy. yeah um, not that I necessarily dislike him in general. I'm just, I'm just, I mean, in this book, he's just always angry. He's always complaining that Dove's not there to help him. Then he's complaining, "Oh, why is she my partner now? Why am I tied to her? Oh, this is the worst." Yeah. Uh, I'm sorry, just... you just, you just, you're talking about Guy Gardner. Remind me of another complaint from Green Lanterns. Oh God. Yeah. Why is Jessica suddenly so proficient at fighting without a ring? And, and well, she knocked you know, out she, Guy Gardner. 
If she's don't like, get me oh, wrong. I guy. Like, yeah, he like you put you you punched him in the face once. That's it. Don't get me wrong. I liked his reminding us that she knocked out Guy Gardner. I like that. Uh, yeah, okay, she can throw <laughs> a punch. I buy that, but. There's a swarm of people coming out. She's not. She's no, no, I not agree. A I agree. She's very good in that fight without her, without her ring. Yes, whatever. Uh, but I did like the remainder is that she, she's punched out Guy Gardner. And the the only thing I liked about the issue is the joke at the end where he's like, at least she didn't punch Hal. I'd never hear the end of it. That is the only thing I liked yeah. about that in the writing is that that joke. But anyway, uh, so yeah, Hawk and Dove issue one from New Fifty Two. It's not the worst thing ever. The art's pretty Rob Layfield. Uh, yeah. Being that it's pretty rough, and the writing it just it just suffers with the fact that it feels kind of pointless. Um, it doesn't do anything to make me care about what's going on. So, uh, if I'm going to rate it, it's probably like a four out of ten. Which is to say, that it's not the worst thing I read this week. That Green Lantern's issue was worse. So you know, take that for what you will. Yeah. Take that for what you will. Because uh, at least this didn't actively piss me off because it wasn't like you know getting characters wrong that I liked and it wasn't like oh this yeah. book's usually good and now it's this pointless mess of like, you know, the story makes sense here at the very least mm-hmm. yeah so there you go that's well, Hawking Dove so that's the that's the last book that brings us to the uh, part of the show where we pick our favourite stuff of the week best uh, panel slash moment best art best cover and top 5 comics of the week so that's what we're doing now so to start off with best panel slash moment Connor what have you got for us first panel of Brave and the Bold, uh, you know, that just Wonder Woman just stood there is just fantastic. And it got me into the book immediately. All right, all right. Matt? Uh, mine's from Man of Steel. It's right before he goes Supernova. And Rogel's mm. R's being super creepy. Uh, and he goes, oh, yeah. And then Clark goes Supernova. Really great. Um, I've got a few choices here, but I think I'm going to go with one that I mentioned earlier. Uh, Cheetah swiping off Lexi's face and then the, the remains mm-hmm. of that black spot. I, I really really dug that um although shout out to uh uh clark being like oh sentences we're never going to say again but the yeah. i'm in say clark's body line also very funny uh it's pretty good no, uh but batman and man of steel were full of panels that i could have picked as well to be honest yeah uh so best cover of the week i'm torn between two myself for this one uh the main aquaman cover is very very good um with the sort of the wrath monster face a very very nice art with that one uh, i also really like the the batman variant uh, is a very very stylized, very nice painted cover. That is good. That's uh, that's our gem as well, which is a bit different to, to yes, the yes. covers. Uh, I mean, he's always very good, but that, that's a different looking style. Yeah. yeah, yeah, they're usually much more poppy and cartoony, whereas this is kind of almost uh, watercolor esque. Also, effects. the yeah. name Justice League cover is actually really nice as well. <laughs> so yeah, you know. So is the Aquaman variant? Yeah, that's uh, just a Middleton one. Yeah, 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 very good. I actually still prefer the main cover, but the the, the variant's good as well. A lot of good covers. I, I, I'm personally uh, uh, quite a fan of the, the Green Lanterns variant. It's not perfect, but I don't oh. know, it works for me. And I just looks thick. I, I yeah, yeah, I I want to like it, but I think Jess I think they like overdid her like the sexualized sexualized her a little That's too much. That's fair, but like I'm looking at it, you know, Baz is the same. Like it's it's hugely focused in on his ass and he's got he's Oh, I don't even ripped. mean that. I I'm talking about the big puffy lips and the like I don't know, is this something that feels a bit too it feels like like yeah, how an anime does a teenage girl it's, yeah. it's got that kind of vibe to it the actual the actual like art quality if you will i agree looks really nice but yeah no i, I really like it as an image uh for hey uh i'll go with the batman variant i really like that batman variant with batman and selena really stylized it's good what you got matt uh aquaman variant i'm a sucker for dolphin so oh, no. she's on there looks take great. It. i'll take it uh so best best art of the week then what you what you got matt uh, mine is Liam Sharp. 
for being the bold. It just barely beats out Janin in uh, Jimenez, but it's quality all straight through. Yeah, I'm actually, you know, in a surprise move, I think I'm going with Aquaman. I think uh, Federici. Uh, that's the one this week. There's a lot of good art this week. Janin was fantastic as usual. Jimenez was great. Uh, Man of Steel's art was good from uh, McGuire, but out of all of them, that's the one that I, I kept saying, oh, this looks really good, and I kept stopping mm-hmm. and admiring it. So, Aquaman. Mm-hmm. Uh, Connor? Uh, I, I've got to go with Sharp. It's just a cut above uh, everything for me. Uh, yep. Worst start of the week, Layfield. <laughs> Just easy just for the record easy yeah I, I didn't even read it and i'll agree with that <laughs> just for the record all right top five books of the week connor go so justice league raven the bold aquaman i mean uh, and then uh, batman because it's definitely better than green lanterns and that's last because i've only i've only got the five uh-huh. oh you're, you're, you're slacking matt what you got this week so so my number one justice league two men of steel Three, Brave and the Bold. Four, Batman. Five, Aquaman. Uh, in four through... Or four. Two through five, super close. Uh, like, they're all... Hmm. Yeah. Uh, my number one is Justice League as well, so I guess a clean sweep this week. Um, my number two... It's probably Man of Steel as well. I put Batman at number three. Um, I'd put Aquaman at number four. And then I get I'm mean, I guess I, I guess Batwoman number five. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, not a great top five for it though, is it? Well, that's the, I, I think my four is really strong. My top four is really strong. It's just after that, it's the prelude to the wedding, Green Lanterns, uh, and Batwoman as my. Options. There's a really sharp drop off this week, isn't there? Yeah, but I love the top four. The top four, I love. Like they're great. Yeah. Well, that's the same for me. Like, I really yeah. like my top three, and then I'm like, well, okay. Yeah. Well, you have like five books though, so three out of five ain't bad. No, it's not. But that's what I mean. Like yeah. the the top ones, they're they're really good, and then there's just a there's a drop off where I immediately go, okay, these are the ones that they're they're just here to make up. The it's numbers. just a quiet week though. Week three for the next little while. Just just looking at the September solicits, and I was mapping out where the books are coming out. Like week three is so quiet <laughs> compared to the other weeks. That'll be the yeah. question week. That'll be the one I ask on Twitter. I'm anyway. okay with that. Any questions for this week's show? Because you know, otherwise it'll be like a forty-minute episode. Um, all right, that that is uh, that is us then. That is us. I'll tell you what's coming next week, though. On, mm-hmm. on in terms of comics, uh, coming out next week, week four of June, we have Man of Steel number five. We have the Teen Titans special number one. We have Batman, Batman Prelude to the Wedding, Harley Quinn versus Joker number one. And in terms of the regular books, we got Detective Comics nine eight three. That's the start of the Brian Hill uh, Outsider set up arc, even though they're not mm-hmm. confirming that that's what it is yet. Uh, we got oh, none of us are reading Wonder Woman. We have Jettison that. Yeah, I'm so gone. happy. I'm so happy. It feels so good not have to read it. Uh, we got so we got the Flash number forty nine. Next part of Flash War, we got Hal Jordan, the Green Lantern Corps number forty seven. We have Batgirl twenty four, which is the fill in before twenty five kind of brings in the new the new team and the, uh, the special extra stuff for the anniversary issue. We have the Terrifics number five. We have Mira Queen of Atlantis number five, and we have the Silencer number six. That is what we'll be covering next week. Also out next week, uh, which will not be covered, is Wonder Woman forty nine, Batman Beyond. I've missed the last digit of that. It's not number 21. one. Twenty-one. There you go. I missed it at two. Yeah. How is that still going? It just is. Don't ask me. It does well digitally, I guess. I don't know. Uh, Bane yeah. Conquest number twelve. The Hellblazer number twenty-three, and Raven Daughter of Darkness number six is apparently out next week. So, 
so that's what's also out. So yeah. that's what's coming next week. That's what's coming. Uh, so that brings an end. End to the show. Episode two, episode one hundred nine of Comics from the Multiverse. So thank you very much uh, for joining us. Of course, you can head over to Patreon.com/slash/MailFuzzTV. That's what keeps us going. You can go over there and support us, and you get some bonuses. Of course, at the five dollar tier, you get to submit comics. You get to submit uh, trade paperbacks and graphic novels to the uh, to the fortress which is our kind of like usual submitted list for books that we'll do in the monthly episode which is exclusive to Patreon uh, which me and Connor do in fact the next episode of that for patrons will be coming out sometime this week uh, me and Connor are going to be doing the Batman Dark Prince Charming books because the second part of it came out uh, so we're doing both parts of it together uh, uh, on the monthly episode this month so that's coming up um, of course you also get Peter's Pillbox which is the thing I do it's an audio only show where I'm working through a couple of DC Comics runs and I talk about those sort of in depth um, mm. and you get a couple of those a week so that's uh, something else so there you go that is uh, the Patreon stuff but of course it's also worth mentioning we do a lot of other stuff on Mailfuzz TV uh, we talk about movies we talk about TV shows me and Matt will be reviewing the new Jurassic World movie um, that'll be mm-hmm. up sometime on Sunday uh, so you can look forward to that so I thought that's worth mentioning uh, so there you go uh, so yeah and also if you can't support us on Patreon don't worry you can support us by liking subscribing watching the ads on YouTube all that stuff all of it helps mm-hmm. uh, but that is us so Matt where can people find you on the Twitters at uh, MattofCL57 Connor where can people find you at Connor 94 if you'd want to for some reason you can find lots, me on lots of World Cup tweets uh, yes a lot I, a lot I have muted that I, you can't tweet to me about World Cup yes. I hate it There's so much. There's a great game going on right now. Yes, I've noticed yeah. you looking over to the side a lot throughout this episode. This, yeah, this I'm is... ju- a lot. I'm just saying, Germany are almost going out in the group stages. That's not happened in like eight years or something like that. Why do you want Germany to lose? I'm, I'm sorry. Well, I mean, well, there's, well that, besides World War II, right? Like, uh, well, no, that's, that, know, that was Nazis. That's stand, not Germany. There's a long-standing football rivalry between England and well, Germany. Well, there's also... There's, there's also they're the juggernaut that won last time. Yeah, they're, they're the world champions. If they go the out club. already, yeah, it's huge, especially in Sweden. Like, we're not talking about World Cup. Shut up. This is too much. This is already too much. <laughs> I hate it so much. I can't wait for this to be done, so I never have to hear about it. So. Um, yes, so uh, yeah, and for the record, any team that beats England is fine by my standards. Uh, so <laughs> that is the extent of which I care. So uh, that is that's been the show. Scottish in his life. That goes for any sport, by the way. Yes, I know. Any sport. England losing is the, the only outcome that I, that I even mainly care bastard. about. So. That, that is the show. That is episode 109. So thank you very much for, for watching or listening. We always appreciate it. Keep reading DC Comics. We'll see you next week with, with, with you know, exciting stuff. Um, and then, you know, and just to, to final note I want to make is the cover for Doomsday Clock 7, which is coming in September, is the lantern. And it looks fantastic. I am so excited. I know Matt's hyped. Thanks very much, guys. Keep reading DC Comics. We'll see you next time. And always remember to never get lost in the Speed Force. <laughs>